hello ladies and gentlemen and that wonderful technicolor rainbow in between um to the too late update podcast uh it's a, another bonus episode this week uh regular guest dan and i are going to run through the our top 20 albums of 2022 um we do this most we do this every year anyway so we thought we turned it to a podcast this year you've already heard our top 20 2021 um so yeah welcome dan Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, good. It's an interesting one because um, when we did our 2021 one, it was in the summer last year. So I was already aware of which albums you picked and stuff. Whereas this time, genuinely going in blind. And it's been such an interesting year. Like I've been doing this since about sort of 2017. And I've always been pretty clear what my album of the year is. You know, at some point before... December at least you know it's oh that's definitely my album of the year not so much this year in fact I mean it could have been any one of the top five when I finished it (laughs) so you know it's it's an interesting one so it's going to be good I think it's been a good year so oh it's been another great year I think yeah uh, just the the year keep the years just keep on being excellent I think apart from 2019 which was a bit of the outlier um but yeah this year there's no you're right there was no like for the previous few years, there's been oh, it's going to be one of you know two albums. Yeah, you know, there's a few albums that are just so obviously big, and depending on your music taste, you take take your music taste, you'll pick one of those. Whereas this year, I think it's a bit wider open. To go yeah, you're picking Ghost. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I've seen that a lot actually. Yeah. Um... Yeah, which is interesting. I'll actually, on the strength of seeing it, because it was Metal Hammer's album of the year, I went back and gave it a listen again. And it's okay. I think I'm... I I, I don't... I dislike Ghost less than I did. Yeah. But I, I think... still don't see the furore around them, you know. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Okay Okay is about right. It's an okay album. Yeah. It's... um. Yeah. Um. But anyway, we're not talking about other people's. Um, no, that's want, right. Did you want to put in any, like... Shout outs the ones that um, that just missed. Yeah, um, well, just just quickly, really. I mean, uh, there's a a few um, surprises. I mean, in my sort of the little bit of the list underneath my top twenty here. I mean, I can see Skin Failures album, which okay. um, was excellent, and uh, and seeing them live uh, at Arc Tangent, and then again the other day at the Crofters was uh, they're just great fun. That band, it's it's great musicians having good fun. So yeah, shout out to them. Some surprises, Bush and Machine Head. Both Bush released uh, an album this year. Yeah, Bush released an <laughs> album this year. Yeah. It's really good. Again, it's it's it, in the similar vein to the last Bush album, they've they seem to have matured quite uh I didn't listen to that one. Oh, I recommend it. It's it's, it's that sort of yeah, again, it's that sort of grunge worship, but done they're, they're, they're maturing well they that i'm more interested in bush now than i ever have been before but they didn't make it into the 20 nor did uh there's a japanese um avant-garde black metal album by a band called sai that was great uh the callous dow boys album how about them dow boys <laughs> how about them dow boys um elder brilliant album get the shot which is the most meat-headed hardcore album you'll ever hear, but I just love the way they sound. It just sounds gnarly and great. 
16, which obviously I love because they're basically doing everything they can to copy Mastodon. And I'm always up for hearing Mastodon, even if it's not coming from Mastodon. And then just missing out. I mean, this was a difficult one. My sort of 19, 20, 21, 22, I was toying with. But the one, the two that missed out from that, uh, Mother Vulture, oh. who are a, a band we talked about uh, when we saw them at Arc Tangent. And again, really good album. It, it, it doesn't capture what they are live, though. I think seeing them live is what that band are all about. And finally, Birds in Row. Brilliant album by a brilliant band that's sort of my number 21 although you know if my top 20 this year could have been a lot bigger than it was so yeah some really good albums yeah i had a, a few of those in my longer list I, th- I think 20 is often the position other than number one it's like the next hardest because you're like yeah i have to kick this one out i can't have this one in because i'm putting another one yeah yeah uh j- just missing out of mine were uh clutch yeah, that's a good album. album. Straight from the path. I don't think it's as good as the last two. Um, it's a bit more straightforward. Machine Head with a big comeback album. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it, it. Surprised me how I don't know why it surprised me because I've always loved Machine Head, but it surprised me how good that album was. I think, think off the back of Catharsis, that is yeah. a that is a great return to form. I think Not it was Catharsis and just everything that went after Catharsis and sort of the singles. Mm. It's like this is going to be rubbish. It's like, oh no, it's really good. Yeah, and it is brilliant. Yeah, um, Carpenter Brute. Oh, that's good fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a like a '80s synth tribute album, like sound slasher film tribute, not tribute, but you know what I mean, like '80s slasher style. Yeah, synthwave album, Vein FM. Oh yeah, that's I great for a long time, and then just dropped. And the the one that's missed out is Worm Rot. Oh, uh, okay. Um, which is great, just died with the other album. So in the yeah. list, it's just a fantastic. What would you call Worm Rot? Yeah. Grindcore, I would say, but they're more, there's more to it than that. Yeah. They're just, uh, well, I won't say too much, but they. Um, I thought that they do be. a lot. Yeah, they do a lot. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll talk about Worm Rot some more another time. Do you wanna do you wanna go for your um, <coughs> then? Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, what did make it into my number 20, which I think it deserves to, because it's a band that I wasn't keen on at first, but this second album is really something. They're really coming good, this band. Uh, They Fear Us by Ithaca. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, their first album is fine for my taste. It's it's good, but I don't think she, she being Jamila, the lead singer, uh, had the the pipes for it really she she didn't her voice didn't really do it for me and i don't know what's changed between now and between then and this album but she's leveled up unbelievably i mean the way she, the the clean vocals on this album are stunning she's brilliant and it's a really nice uh theme as well because they're sort of they're a very different band very diverse band and they're very unapologetic about that in this album and the album artwork and the the themes and stuff, but it's just really good songs. And for a metalcore album to have a, a now a clean vocalist who can sing clean like that, and she can do the screaming parts and stuff. She's really either I got it wrong on the first album, which I'm sure is how you would see it, or uh, she's leveled up massively. Maybe it's a bit of both, but uh, yeah, great band. 
it, it's Epica. a big step up this album yeah the, yeah the first album was just outside my top 20 in 2019 but it's a big step up i think i mean it's, it's you know you can't put everything into the debut album by a band no that's right yeah and i think yeah. you know a, de- a debut album as well especially for a band like this who are drawing on like influences from all over it can sound a bit derivative until they find their own voice i suppose and this album is very much its own unique thing and uh it's all the better for it and they were great live as well again at arc tangent um is that yeah yeah well i mean you know you know how i feel about arc tangent um yeah yeah really good album and uh i'll, I'll be keen to see them again on the strength of this and They've gone from being a band that I'm a little bit uninterested in to a band that I'm genuinely excited by. So, yeah, Ithaca. Um, speaking of Arctangent, my number yeah. two is A.A. Williams' As the Moon Rests. Oh, excellent, yeah. yeah that's so, a um, Yeah, I I think I've gotten to A.A. Williams a lot more in the last sort of 18 months, and I think this is her best work yet. Um, yeah, just this like, gothic enveloping atmosphere is dark and heavy without also being fragile and um at points yeah like uh, songs build start slow but yeah it's just, uh, everything builds a crescendo within every song yeah um haunting as well really yeah tension building and gripping and yeah it's she's got something yes yeah I, again i i would say she was someone who i i, I enjoy a lot more live than listening to on record but yeah, this album really, really tells the story of, of how good she is live. It's an unbelievable vocal performance. Um, the only real criticism I got the album is probably 10 minutes too long, but... Yeah, um, I mean, I suppose with this sort of music, it can, because it stays very much in one pocket. Mm-hmm. It can, uh, yeah. But no, I, I enjoyed this one as well. Well, yeah. she's amazing. Um, what's your number 19? Well, my number nine, I don't even know where I heard about this band, but they're a band I've never heard of before. Um, they're a German band called Fjord, and the album's called Nicht. How would you spell that? N-I-C-H-T-S. I don't know, I the band. Oh, uh, it's F-J, then one of those O's with a line through it, like from off of Abroad. That's not German. And RT, they are a German band. Okay. I don't think the name is German, no. but they, they are because uh, I was um, looking it up. But do you remember a couple of years ago, there's a band called O Burst, who sort of yes, tiny, yeah, and that was a really, really great album, really lush sounding, really well written songs, brilliant vocals. They put me in mind of that, but okay. all it's this sort of almost like emotional hardcore type vocal. Oh, but because it's all in German, it carries a different sting, you know. It, 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 and it's very the production's amazing. It's very thin and wiry at times, but then when the this big like a riff comes in or something, it sounds so vast and it's just brilliant. Brilliant album, brilliant band. As I said, I don't know where I picked it up from. I must have just seen someone recommend it and yeah, yeah, kept kept going back to it. But yeah, it's, it's really, really something, that, that album. Yeah, I'll yeah. give that a listen. That's, um, I mean, Emotional Hardcore is, I mean, Touche, one of my favourite bands. So Yeah, yeah and um, again, it's it, one of the things, I mean, you won't like this, but one of the things, I, I struggle a bit with the lyrics sometimes in those sort of bands. I think they can, 
that sort of poetic lyric can sometimes verge into being a bit cringy if it's not done brilliantly, you know. And that might be the case with this, but because it's all in German, it just sounds weighty and amazing. And yeah, it's it's great. I just I, uh, uh, I'll uh, I'll give it a listen. My basic knowledge of German, like he's just reading out a shopping list. Yeah, I mean, it might be <laughs> some sort of far right recruitment tool. Yeah, but it sounds good. It'd be, it'd be so. one of those far right <laughs> recruitment or shopping list or a shopping list. Yeah, those are the two things that people sing about. <laughs> No, it's brilliant. I recommend giving it a listen. I think you'll like it. But as I say, I mean, the thing which gets me is it sort of it suddenly explodes out of the speakers because they go from this wiry production into this full. It's it's just so dynamic. It's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. All right, uh, my number nineteen uh, is Caving with Heavy Pendulum. Ah, very good album. Yes. Yeah, so uh, this is weirdly this this is a band I saw at Reading in 2003 on the main stage um and then i don't think i'd noticed them for about 15 years and sadly um, oh the bassist died a few years ago was the bassist caleb caleb um died a few years Uh, ago. i don't know if this i don't think he he was the bassist but i think he was also quite an important songwriter yeah um but this this i mean uh the uh antenna was their big album back then and this sounds completely different this is just the band's most expansive one to date. Um, I think it's the best one I've heard that they've done. It's very influenced by Mastodon and quite a lot of elements of classic rock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just expansive songs and just heavy riffs. I mean, some of the the favourites on this, New Reality, Blood Spiller. Um, I love The Ender, uh, the closing song, Wavering Angel, um, which is sort of the more classic rock one. Yeah. Yeah. I, when they we again we saw them live uh yeah. where was that the fleece yes uh no the exchange, the exchange. yeah of course and um they closed before the encore with wavering angel and it's just yeah it's great that's stunning absolutely stunning yeah yeah i like that album it's oh. a really great album it's but again it's uh, chris it's too long mm. it's about an hour and 10 minutes i think maybe shave a little bit off it but yeah, it's a great album, and I think it's the best Haven album I've heard. Yeah, yeah, it's a good album. Yeah. I'll leave it there. Nice. Cool. What's um, your next one? My number eighteen. Well, this is another surprise, actually. It's um, "Among the Fires of Hell" by Sakis Tollis. Now, Sakis Tollis is the lead singer of Rotting Christ. Oh yes. And this is—I uh, don't know if it's his first solo album or. And it's it, it's not anything like what's the word forward thinking or amazing or anything like that. It sounds, to be honest, a bit like just a Rotting Christ album. But it's so good. I just love listening to it. I kept going back to it, and it's it surprised me how much I kept going back to it because it came out quite early in the year. But his voice is brilliant. His his act. I think he's Greek, and his his accent when he does sort of the spoken word bit sounds. It just sounds so good. It's like a soundtrack to a horror film type thing. And it's so, that sort of, um, the there's a song by Behemoth called Bart's of Bell, yeah. which has that sort of religious chanting feel to it. And like, it's that. But, me, my yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's like that. He's, but he's, 
with his accent and the, his, his, the tone of his voice. It's just infectious. Yeah, it's brilliant. It makes me really want to see, because I think we saw Rotting Christ one year at Bloodstock or yeah. something like that, yeah. and they were brilliant live as well. And yeah, really good. And it's one of those ones where I thought, oh, I like Rotting Christ. I'll give that a listen. And as I say, it's just one of those albums that I kept finding myself thinking about and putting back on. And here it still is at the end of the year. Yeah, I wouldn't have wouldn't have predicted that. But yeah, Sack is Tollis, brilliant album. All right. So my number 18 is Frank Turner, FTHC. So this Very is, cool. um, I think this is Frank's best album since 2011's England Keep My Bones. He's had a bit of an up and down career since then. Well, not up and down. He's still very popular, but I think his, his output's been less less good since then. Um, but yeah, this is his best one. It's also his first one to get UK number one, which is a fantastic achievement for... I don't think I knew that. Yeah. This was got... the number one in the main chart? Yeah. UK number oh, one. that's great. Yeah. Um, back in February, he's... Uh, that that funny old thing, you release an album in February, you, you have a chance at number one in the UK. Um, yeah, it's true, yeah. The Mogwine architects got it actually so yeah he's he's gone back to more the personal rather than the political which uh the last album was about um it, he opens it with non-servium which is probably his most hardcore song that under the frank turner label yeah i remember when i first heard it i felt like a more of a jamie lemon song than a frank turner song it's got that sort of energy to it isn't it like yeah. well, it's, it's, yeah, it's okay. wicked yeah, it's, it's it's the most hardcore thing he's done since Million Dead. Yeah, um, the Gathering, which it was a song that was released early twenty uh, early twenty twenty one. Which I think, sadly, the meaning of it's gone a little bit now. It's all about like the first time we go to a show post COVID is going to be insane. Yeah, and he played it at, at the Download Pilot, which is brilliant, but sort of lost the impact. Like, yeah, uh, it's a very much of a moment in that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, but it's a great song. Having to do so well about anxiety. Um, he's a really great song about his uh, transgender father, Miranda. So he, everything seems to be a little themes. He has a song before that about growing up fatherless. So he's obviously issues with his dad throughout his life, which he has sung about before. But I don't know if this is a bit of a coda to that and that they get on now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that it's one of the best things about this album is that sequence of... The sequencing of it is sort of like, yeah, because the, the difficulty he had in his childhood with this angry, aloof figure and then the explanation and why it's better now. And it's it's just, yeah, I won't say too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. A Wave Across the Bay, beautiful song about um, a friend of his, Scott from Frightened Rabbit, committing suicide. Um, it's a beautiful, haunting song. Uh, uh, Resurrectionist, which... Uh, Simon Neal from Biffy guests on to come in and scream. Uh, we're just kept, kid, just kids let loose of the world, which is very apt. And then the, the sort of the last bit of the album seems to be it's about. So I think the last uh, his twenty sixteen album was about falling in love with his current wife, and I think this was a couple of songs about how you have to sort of get past that and have the more yeah. relationship thing and difficulties with that when you're living together. And um, it's the work that makes it work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh then the, the part the end of end of it is about him leaving London and sort of Yeah, which is really uh that last song being sort of a love a love letter to the city he loves and yeah. just can't do it there anymore. Yeah. And yeah, it's like you say, I think that that 
trade of it becoming more personal rather than political. I think he wears that better. Yeah. yeah. And also when he's writing things that matter to him like that, the difference, you can feel it in it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that album. I'll, um, I'll leave that there, but yeah, good choice there. All right. uh, What's your number 17? Well, my number 17, this is a classic case of seeing a band live and going, Oh shit. I get it now. Cause it's matriarch by Tuscar. Okay, and this are they're a, a two-piece British band who um, the drummer and I think it's a bass. I think it's a bass player and a drummer, and that's it. And they both sing. The drummer does the bulk of the singing. And I thought this album was good because it's really it's really dynamic and it's crushingly heavy. And then there's this light bit. There's this really weird, intense eleven-minute opener, which is like this repetitive doom sort of track it's got so much going on but then when i went to see kundra um in the exchange a month or so ago they supported them there and they were absolutely mind-blowing like unbelievable like the the way these two guys play the energy the way they look it's got it's like haggard cat but instead of a party vibe it's a crush you to death heaviness which oh it was just incredible i went i went and had a chat with them after the gig that's not a party vibe (laughs) exactly a different (laughs) kind of a party crushed to death with heaviness (laughs) where are you having it we're in a cave that's about to explode (laughs) but it is just it's just amazing and i i off the back of that i i listened to it again and it moved up my list a bit and then i listened to it again and it moved up my list a bit and here it is yeah brilliant band they were good at arc tangent but it was that night. I, I, I mean, I was excited to see Kundra and these got two guys come out on stage and, oh, yeah, brilliant. So yeah, that's a band again. I'm uh, now very excited to see where they where they go next, really, because there's so much in that album. Could be all sorts of different things, but yeah, Tuscar is uh, my number seventeen. Brilliant. Right, my number seventeen is also got the UK number one. Is um one of the big bands on this list is Slipknot the end so far. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Um, obviously it's not, um, not as well regarded as we are not your kind. It's not as good as we are not your kind. Um, no. but the, the thing is when Slipknot write a good song, it sounds better than most bands, great songs. And there's enough good Slipknot songs on this album to, uh, to listen to at any point. Yeah. Dying song, Chapter and rag, just brilliant. Hive mind warranty. Um, Yeah. I mean, when Slipknot are on, they're unmatched. So even though it's it's one of their weakest in their catalogue, but yeah, it's, it's better than uh, um, All Hope Is Gone and maybe. Uh, um, but yeah, it's still, they still release great songs. They still make great albums. I think, I know you didn't like the first song. I think it's weirdly placed. No, I, th- I, I must admit, because I think we met up for a gig, didn't we? I, I, the day it came out or the weekend it came yeah. out or something and i was listening to it for the first time when you arrived and i was so disappointed but actually going into it on repeat listens knowing what that first song's like it did grow on me i must admit and uh yeah i mean i uh i agree this isn't as good as we are not your kind but there's a couple of songs on this album that you would definitely want in that live set headline and download next year yeah. they, they, they you, you want them to play 
stuff off this album. You know, it's got those moments. I think just on the whole, I mean, you've said a couple of albums are, are a bit too long. I would say this one's a bit too long. Okay. I didn't feel but, that as much on this one. Yeah. I think, um, I think the, the thing I also like is this is a band that, okay, they're not going to be as heavy as they were for the first two albums anymore. Got no, to, and, uh, and this is them creating music in a way that they can retain the weirdness and what's special about Slipknot whilst, you know, being in their what, late 40s, 50s. I think I, I, I'm quite liking that a lot of their generation are doing that. They're not just doing what sort of the bands 10, 50 years before them did and just release an album for the hell of it that yeah. just doesn't add anything and never, you know, they'll play a couple of it on a tour and then that'll be it. Because I, I feel like, oh, we want to do this. This is kind of something different for us. And out of all is, is that, I mean, it's not, maybe is a hundred percent work, but it, at least it's interesting. Well, that's true. And I mean, cause I love, as you know, my, my favorite Slipknot album is the first one. And it's that feral unhinged explosion of energy from every direction. And who do I look at and all that. And the truth is they can't carry on doing that into okay. their, their fifties and sixties. It's, it's not going to happen. So I think, yeah, you're right. They're finding a way to age, but remain interesting. Yeah which when you're a definite headliner for every festival across the world, you can just rest on your laurels a bit and yeah. carry on playing a best of. And it's exciting to see that they're not doing that. And admittedly, I wasn't as excited by those those shifts. I mean, it's like on the previous album, things like Spiders and stuff, which people got really excited about. And I like Spiders. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think they're, they're trying different things. Some of it's going to hit, some of it isn't. So we're all going to like different elements of Slipknot, which is way more exciting than System of a Down turning up and playing the same yes. 20 songs again. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I, I I like what they're doing. Yeah, and it, it does make them – it makes me want to see them again and again still. And, you know, that yeah. even like – you, you, you go to a new Slipknot tour, you're going to get six songs off the new album. And it's going yeah. to – it's not going to be – you're not going to be going to the new tour going, oh, I hope they don't play it the new album. Exactly. Yeah. And bands of this size yeah. quite often can fall into that. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I, I, well, spoiler alert, it's not in my top 20, but um, it's really good. And I think, yeah, as I say, it's a, it's a, a, a feral band who aren't 20 anymore, who need to find a way to play exciting music a different way. And yeah, fair play to them for doing it. What is your 16? My 16, we're back to Arc Tangent again. Um, my 16 is Pure Evil by Puppy. Oh, okay. That's my yeah. 16 too. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. one. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is uh, a fantastic band continuing to be fantastic. Yeah. It's just so I, yeah. good. I wasn't as sure this from first play. I was like, oh, okay, this is different. Because um, I think the goat was immediate. Yeah. It was just like straight away, this is great. Um, this took a little bit more time. I think it was seeing them live back in May. Yeah. These new songs are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's brilliant. It's so, I mean, there's a, I haven't got the track list, but there's a one song which starts with a bass, a sort of bass line. It's, it's so loungy and relaxed. And I think the, the bass player, I mean, uh, he, because they're a three-piece, the bass player has to do more work, but he is just brilliant. He carries this music so well, and he's got such a brilliant backing vocal as well. And the choruses are just infectious. Yeah. It's just it's just brilliant. 
there's just something they're, they're another one of these bands like i mean sadly we just lost my headliner for for this conversation but bands that everyone would like yeah you know sadly Preston Miko have decided to call it a day so I would now point to Puppy I think and say come on surely yeah because they've they're heavy they're, there's there's moments on this album where a, a, a sort of sweet song with a with a big chorus just breaks into a danceable riff at the end out of nowhere and stuff and it's just again they're like if you put on a festival for your birthday party you would want them on it they're just good yeah. fun middle afternoon yeah yeah just uh, that smashing pumpkins mixed with black sabbath style that yeah i think i was trying to work so on my spotify raps my top genre was post doom metal yeah and i was like what bands is that and i, I think puppy is one well <laughs> there was creep like. on my spotify rap puppy were my most listened to band i mean they're down at my number 16 yeah but i've obviously kept going back to this album (laughs) because i think when you walk into work or whatever and you just want something uplifting to put on you can't go wrong it's just it's just great music to to have on in the background or it's yeah it's great i i'm really excited to see where they go because they they've only got two albums and they've already got too many songs for the length of the set list that they're playing at the moment so yeah brilliant no i'm glad uh you've got them in there as well i did wonder because uh, i remember you saying you were a little bit I, I was at first but i think it's grown on me more and more as the years gone on it's yeah like, same here I, I think because the first album was so immediate the, the second one wasn't going to be it, it is more it is heavier it's more metallic this one yeah um it's less dreamy it's less of that smashing pumpkin sound it's more more doomy but i think for the for the, for the good of the band really it's yeah band. and but also with that sort of that sweet vocal mm. sort of interplay between the two of them it doesn't become like a generic heavy yeah. doomy sound because no one's combining it with a vocal like that it, it's it they're so unique in what they're doing and yeah i, I hope that they deserve bigger than they're getting these guys especially when you see them live and they're so much fun. Yeah. That's the other thing. They've massively stepped up live this year. Yeah. They, uh, the difference, I mean, they were really good before, but the, just the fact they seem to know how to play a crowd all of a sudden, I don't know if yeah. there was a theme with that with a few other bands. I think they just seemed to Well, it's something we, we said about higher power, wasn't it, when yeah. we saw them at uh, Trees. And yeah, I think that it's nice to see these bands growing in confidence. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, wow. They were just a great laugh. I mean, they tried to cut them off at Arc Tangent, and they yeah. made a joke of it, and it was all this sort of fun banter between them and the sound guys turning them down. And yeah, it was just they're just brilliant. And this album is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one that I keep going back to, obviously, because the Spotify has proven that. What's your number fifteen? Well, my number fifteen. It's not often uh, I mention this name this early in a list, but here he is. It's uh, Light Work by Devin Townsend. Okay. Which um, it's an interesting one, really, because Devin, his last two albums, one was someone on another podcast described it as Avengers Endgame because he's done all these different things, ranging from viciously heavy metal to literal musical theatre and soundtracks for kids tv shows 
but also massive stadium rock songs. And Empath was this statement of here it all is, working together in a coherent whole. It's just one of my favourite albums of all time. It's, it's weird and, that, that comparison comes up because I, in my head, I already partnered the two things because we went to see Devin Townsend do that acoustic show. The night, oh, yeah. The night after we'd seen Endgame. Yeah. In my head, they're already like... <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's just odd thing, yeah. But no, that, it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. And then, obviously, after that, he did this insane avant-garde lockdown project called The Puzzle, yeah. which... Is so no other musician in the world would have even thought of it, let alone attempted it. So this album is more of a okay. Here's just a straightforward Devin Townsend album, which is was always going to feel like a bit of a come down, but I don't think it is. I think it's a, the the melodies are still so brilliant. The songwriting is still fantastic. The it sounds lovely. I mean, the production on this album is brilliant. It's the first time he's worked with another producer. So he had a, a, a second voice in the mix, sort of giving him ideas and things. And it really shows because it really comes through. It's the first Devin album in a while where there's a couple of moments that I'm not so keen on, which is why it's so low. There's a like a sort of prog rock freak out guitar solo track, which sounds a bit of a mess to me, really. But it's elevated to being in my top 20 by those moments, which are good, which are, there's a, a few songs on there. Again, I haven't got the song titles here, but um, God, I'm woefully underprepared. But there's just those choruses where you just know that when he's singing them live and hmm. the rich voice that he has, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's just a brilliant album, but it's always going to feel like a bit of a step down from Empath, but it wouldn't be fair to expect anything like that again and i think uh he's come back with a, a really good move forward into the next stage of whatever the marvel term is for next phase ant-man six or whatever so uh this, yeah this is the black panther wakanda forever of the <laughs> um, so i haven't seen that so i can't comment on whether that's uh, a good comparison quality wise it's okay right See, I would I would go further than that then. This is way more than okay. I mean, and again, there's 80% of this album is just Devin bangers, beautiful melodies, brilliantly written songs, sounds lush. The guitar playing's great. It's all these brilliant shifts in tone. And it's just there's those couple of moments which aren't quite as good, but I love Devin Townsend, so I love this album. So uh, number 15, last time he... Released an album, he was in my top five. So uh, that was yeah. only last year. So and that was last year. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, so my number fifteen is Venom Prison with Boss. Ah, excellent. Yes. Um, so I, I, I think you didn't like this as much as not as it's not as just brutally horrific as the preceding albums, but I quite like that they've gone slightly more traditional metal. Um, I think I think it's hard to keep just doing that same thing over and over again. I think it would have been. Uh, I think Samsara was such a triumph in that regard that I don't think they could have topped it. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, and I think with the way they were moving, they were you know last year they were fourth down on Bloodstock. Um, obviously, this year they've had to. Uh, Larissa's got had a baby, so they've had to uh, put their career on hold a little bit. Um, 
but they, they were moving towards that higher up on, on festival stages thing. So I think having more um, clean singing songs you could sing along to made sense. This is a stepping stone album and it's done really well. Um, I mean, they're still, they're still one of the heaviest, brut- brutally heaviest bands the UK has nowadays, um, like Judges of the Underworld, Nemesis. Um, yeah, it's just that there's a song, something of Osiris or... Pain or Oises is the one you're... That's it. That's yeah, it. The... That's a real departure, isn't it? And yeah, ballad? <laughs> yeah, well... a lot of um, Riley's Massey. And it's a beautiful... Yeah. It's a beautiful song, but it's just... I think, like you say, the the problem with this album is not it's not them, it's me, sort of thing, because Animus and Samsara, like you say, I mean, they're they're just relentlessly, uncomfortably heavy, yeah. like a torrent of riffs and ideas, and yeah. I love them for that. And if they've got designs on climbing festival bills and becoming a bigger band, you're not going to do it playing music like that. So if that, that's where they're going, that's that's fine. And this is this is very good. But my Venom Prison are the ones where you don't know what's going to come next, minute to minute. And I think, yeah, it's a good album. This, but it's just, I think if it was by another band that I'd never heard of, I'd probably prefer it. Yeah, but yeah, Sam, Samsara is like a feral badger screaming in your ear for thirty-five minutes, and this yeah. one is a feral badger screaming in your ear, and then like. Calming down for a while. Yeah, giving you down with a lullaby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, making you a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I love Pain of Oises. I think it, it is a like, it is a departure, but it's something that it is a sound I like because it is very Rolo Tomasi esque. I think. Yeah, and I think, as I say, it's, if maybe if they were a band I'd never heard of releasing this album, I might have have taken to it a lot more. It's just that what I want from Venom Prison is to be beaten up. And I think, uh, but I can see absolutely support them in what they're doing. Because like you say, I mean, this this is the sort of album where they can stride forward and Larissa's voice, she deserves to be climbing that ladder if that's what she wants. So yeah, I, I, I like it. But, right, yeah. your number 14. Uh, my number 14 is Mirror Cell by Greg Pachato, who is the amazing, ex-lead singer of the Dillinger Escape Plan who seems to have the Dillinger Escape Plan disbanded about 10 years ago and the reason seems to be that Greg Pachato yeah. wants to have a go at everything else. Yeah, it was only five years ago. Was it only five yeah, years they, ago? They played, they played oh, their last, um, last show in 2017. Oh, well, there you go. That's my handle of the passage of time at the moment. Well, 2020 for like eight years. So <laughs> That's probably what it is, yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, and I really liked his first solo album, which was called uh, Child Soldier. Uh, there was a colon and then yeah. something like Voice of God or something. Yeah, Child Soldier, Prisoner of God. or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, brilliant. A very eclectic. I'm going to try a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Everything from like horrible, ab- abrasive electronic music down to really beautiful 80s inspired dream pop. And this one seems to have found its feet somewhere in the middle. It's more consistently like those two things fuse together a bit more seamlessly. And it's just, again, the the songwriting is brilliant. And he's a man who knows his voice, you know, like the, the way he writes melodies and the way he sings them. No one else could 
do that. He's he's just brilliant, so catchy. And I mean, the highlight is uh, lowered, which features Reba Myers, Reba Myers from. I didn't realise at the time she's doing like a eighties diva s voice, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's it's like oh, I, I didn't realise to look at the track. That's Reba. I must admit, it's when you know because it's more of a duet than a featuring, yeah. isn't it? So she's there throughout the song, and when it when it bridges into the last chorus. She screams. Yeah, and on oh. first listen, that was the point where I was like, "Hang on." <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's uh, yeah, it's a great performance from her. Which, considering she's best known for being a guitarist, says a lot about how talented she is. But um, yeah, it's just such a good song. And it, it like, if it had come out in 1986, probably be one of the biggest songs of the year. You know, it it, it just I love this when it's done well. I like this '80s worship that goes on, but with his voice, there's no one doing it better. And yeah, this is an excellent album, and I really want to see him live. Yes, yeah, Art Gen, get on that. Yeah, well, wouldn't that be a brilliant yeah. addition to that already stellar lineup? Um, speak about Art Gen in 2023. I've got number 14 is Brutus. Oh, okay. Um, I adored Nest. It was in, I think it was fourth in my 2019 list. Um, this is just, it's more the same. Haunting, beautiful singing. Um, Steph is just one of the best musicians on the planet. Um, uh, particularly love what have, we, what have We Done and the absolutely fantastic ending, which is Desert Rain. Um, I said the, the only criticism we've got of this is it, it, it is more the same. From Nest, I think I, I didn't feel like it was that different. But no, more, more brilliant is also brilliant. So, um, yeah, it's a it's another great album from this band. Who, um, yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that, but I'll I'll say why at some point yeah, later. But I think the uh, the highs on Nest were higher than the highs on this album. Like War is oh okay. Um, I mean, War is just yeah. an incredible piece of music yeah yeah um yes so i uh, it's just a brilliant band making another yeah and again we we were lucky enough to see them live recently yeah. and it's 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 already amazing when you think about what stefan is doing but when you're seeing her do it live and singing like that and playing the drums like that yeah and adding all these extra little bits with like she had like um the chimes your chimes yeah that she kept like just chucking it in and and she's playing things that are akin to blast beats but with this she's such a amazing drummer and then she turns her head to the microphone oh anyway i shouldn't talk too much also yeah i just you with it's like you hear you hear a song he's like straight away it's brutus you just know yeah she had voice and i i I like it when i mean biffy car my favorite but when you can hear like someone's accent in the voice, I think it does add to it. Yeah. It's they're not conforming to some sort of American voice stereotype that yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you say, but that well, you could you could have her sing on something of a completely different genre and you go, I know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, but again, she's she's not standing there doing that. She's no, playing a absolutely kick ass drum beat while doing that. It's she's a Marvel. Yeah, very good choice. Yeah. All right, so what's your number 13? Uh 
something that just a bit straightforward and yeah. Uh, it's Spirit of Ecstasy by Imperial Triumphant. Yep, cool. <laughs> no, I mean this band are basic. It's basically just uh, pop punk. Yeah, it's just easy listening, really. Yeah. No, this this band are. I guess you'd describe them as being avant-garde, freeform jazz, forced through the filter of a horrible-sounding black metal band. Yeah. And the outcome of that is something which is just such a rich scene. It's an album that you can listen to again and again and just go, God, it's just the the dexterity, the musicianship. And what I like about this album, again, is that the sequence of it, it sort of starts with the very heavy Alphaville, their previous album sounding stuff. But it almost goes more towards the jazz. Yeah. But even when it sounds less abrasive and black metal, the jazz still sounds uncomfortable and horrible and gnarly. And they're just, they're, they're, it's, it's genius. It's one of those things where is, is it genius or is it just nonsense? And I think there will be people um, who would I take either one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not in my top 20, but I, I go with you because I think it just like the, the jazz, I think the jazz elements are the best part of it. Yeah, I agree. I don't yeah. think I'd listen to it if it's just if it's just the jazz, but it reminds you of like really uncomfortable, like avant-garde horror cinema. And yeah, that's... yeah, and it's so there's so many turns weird samples, and there's a bit where just these beats come in, and it's sort of on first listen, it's it's a lot, but when you get under the skin of it and you get into it and you know what's coming and uh, the build and the ebb and flow and oh brilliant but yeah this is a this is a great album and i mean it's again i mean i was just saying how everyone should go and listen to puppy i'm not sure everyone should go and listen to imperial triumphant i know that um it's christmas day listening what was it nick <laughs> nick said uh, uh, our friend nick who came with us to our tangent said that it's like they're a parody of something but i don't know what <laughs> so, but um well I, yeah. I was a bit disappointed with the bar tangent i don't think they got the jazz elements i think it's it's very difficult to imagine recreating this live i guess but yeah i mean i love it and i think you know is it whether it's genius or insanity uh, it sounds like genius to me and uh yeah it's one that i i've listened to a lot this year yeah Imperial Triumphant, Wicked Band. Um, so my th- number 13, uh, we've already mentioned it, it's Greg Pacciato Miracel. Ah, uh, cool. Um, yeah, this is, uh, just reiterate everything you say. I think the, the thing I'd say about it is he has been hanging around with Jerry Cantrell recently, and this is the best Alison Chains album since Black Gives Way to Blue. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, there's a lot of that Alison Chains grunge yeah. on it, yeah. It just sounds like very influenced by them, but not with his own take um and because we haven't had great hasn't changed albums like this is brilliant yeah um, well again though it's with that sort of 80s cadence and stuff as well it's yeah. it, it's such a whereas on child soldier he would do one then the other yeah. then something else it feels it's, like this is coherent this is a lot you can hear all those influences no child soldier was good but i think this is a consistent album yeah 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 i think, I think the, the the last one it's probably you know it's his first solo album so he's probably got all these ideas it's just, i'll put everything in and yeah a little bit of restraint this time around goes a long way so 
Yeah, it's excellent. And he, he, he really, again, what you were saying about Stephanie Manart's that sort of immediately recognisable vocal. Mm. I mean, there's very few people who can sing like, like he does. So, yeah, good choice. What have you got for 12? Uh, my number 12 is the self-titled Zeal and Arda album. Cool. Which I, again, this is a band to an even greater extent than Ithaca, actually. A band that I'd written off at one stage as being a gimmick. Really? Oh, it sounds... Yeah, well, they released that first album, and I really liked it. The... Um, oh, what's the name of the song? I can't remember. But the the, the first Great big Diggers single... Chance. Great Diggers Chant. Blood yeah. Yeah. Blood in the River? Yeah, that the Blood in the River. And I like I yeah, loved it. I loved, it was so so it was an interesting thing, but it was like it's it's just a gimmick really. There's not they're not like an ultra talented band. It's just a bit of a gimmick. And it's a gimmick I like. And I was so very wrong about that opinion. It's ridiculous. Because this album is unbelievable. I mean the the guy's voice is oh Manuel, isn't it? He just it, the way he, what's what, the name of the song where it's just like it is just him singing sort of bluesy soul um, survivor. Or, yeah. Oh, I mean the he he could. I think maybe it's because the two elements have become more intertwined and seamless, and yeah, and the the the, the backing vocal, the sort of gang chanty backing vocal that complements it in that in that blues way i mean sadly when we saw them live the, the two backing vocalists were unwell so we didn't quite get that that picture that time but when they played arc tangent oh my god they're band of the weekend and Easy. it's just something really special and he is again they're a band who seem to be growing in confidence and growing in crowd participation and crowd patter and no doubt you know you, you can be confident when you've got songs of this quality. I mean, there's stuff on here that sounds like corn and things. So this notion that it's it's blues and black metal, it's become so much more expansive than that. They've, they're drawing from all over the, the, the rock sphere. And like, like, yeah, I mean, there's these sort of groovy, new metal-y bits. And, but then there's this pure blues section. And then there's this electronic, dreamy-sounding period in the album as well. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Zealand and uh they're headlining a stage at Bloodstock next year, aren't they? Yes. And that will not is quite big. That won't that won't be their ceiling though, I don't think. I think this I band think. could keep going. Because they're they're just yeah. Brilliant album and yeah, I mean it's it's one that I just keep going back to. So yeah, Zealand. Guys, I here's here's the first of the albums I put on my list that I think you're gonna not like. Okay. So it's uh, number 12 is one of the years the hum goes on forever. Yeah. Um, it, again, this this sound is just not your sound. Um, I, it's just, they, they've gone back to just writing great pop punk songs. Um, the last two albums were a bit different, but they just, they seem when they want to, they could just write some of the greatest punk songs ever. Um, this album's great. I mean, I saw them live about a month ago and it was amazing that the songs of this album, when they played, like it felt like they were songs that had been in a set list for 10 years. The, uh, the way everyone was singing along and just how natural they felt. Um, yeah. Um, highlights of that white song, Oldest Daughter, 
um, which is the one where I thought, oh, this is, must be an old one. It's like, no, no, this is off their new album. Um, Paris and Nowhere, which is a, a fantastic song about growing up in uh, about Philadelphia. Um, even the uh, the great uh, tri- the the line about shrines to Nick Foles, who was the quarterback, the <laughs> quarterback uh, who won them the, the Super Bowl. Um, beautiful acoustic song, halfway through summer clothes, and they continue the tradition of having this epic ending song. Uh, we lost in the lights. Yeah, I. Um, it's just another great album. Like when. You've only listened to it a few times and immediately it's like, oh no, this is in my head. This is like, I know all these songs. Um, I think that's a testament to how good it is. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult for me to add anything really because this area of rock music just isn't for me. So I, I probably got a few tracks into this and when I went elsewhere. But yeah, it's good to hear that they're still releasing albums that people are responding to. Yeah because they've been around for a while, haven't they? So, again, that's not yeah. often the case. Yeah, I I think there's a bit of a theme. I think, other than the sort of odd band, I don't think we're in a situation now where bands just shit out albums as much anymore. No. I think because it costs so much money to to tour, to to really, even to release a, produce and release an album, I don't think we bands want to release an album that uh, they have to release an album that has some artistic merit. They can't just go, well, we'll release an album because we've got to release an album because we want to do another tour. And this is a way to sell a new t-shirt. Like that yeah. thing from the 80s, uh, from 80s, but 80s, 70s, 80s, but just isn't the case anymore. Well, I suppose you could make, you can make a load of money, whatever the album sounded like. And you're right, people are, yeah. people are now in a position where they can listen to anything at their fingertips. You've got to break through the, the traffic, yeah, that's there's probably some truth to that. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a definite theme. I think even when these other bands they make an album that about oh, bands of this generation, when they make an album that doesn't quite work, it's not because it's they've just not put the effort in, it's because they tried something different. Yeah, yeah. There's no, you know, with Green Day's career the last 15 years has just been albums that just what's the point? And that's I mean, again, this is going to be coloured by my my taste and my, not dislikes a strong word, but I'm not a pop punk guy. But I feel that happens a lot in that genre. You get bands that really seem to decline. Maybe it's because it's a, a smiley, cheeky young man's game and it's hard to age with it or something. So again, I mean, I, I, what, what, what I can't appreciate it, but what, what the fact you that prove you can write... Um... You can write songs in your 30s, 40s in a pop punk style and make them a good, and then like not that whole like Blink 182. Ah, yeah, yeah. Take off. I mean, some of the some of the latest Blink 182 stuff sounds embarrassing. Yeah, because of their age, because they're still doing the dude slacker sort of patter, but they're men in their 40s and 50s. So the fact that the one because the Wonder Years are one of those bands, I guess, would they headline things like Slam Dunk if they no, were there? No, really, headline the stage. No, they're they're. Oh, um, okay. I, I saw when I saw them the SW, uh, SWX in Bristol. Right, so yeah. they're not a massive band. Then oh, I yeah, thought they're, so they're sort that. of similar size to Menzinger's Pup. Now it's that kind yeah. of. I, th- I think there is a ceiling for for that type of band. I think. Yeah, well, it's good to know that because I've seen them on uh, other lists as well. So they've obviously released something that's 
yeah. like yeah this deep into a career it's hard to keep people happy like that so <coughs> yeah, well, I, I can't I can't appreciate it because I it's not my thing so um yeah this this seems to be their like critical comeback but I don't think ever I don't think it was like um what's a good example I don't think it was like a catharsis with the last album I don't think everyone was just like yeah. oh, this shit this band is shit now it was uh just yeah it's not not as good go go back to writing greatest generation which I, I, I don't know sometimes you can't recreate magic well, that's what we we're saying about Slipknot as well. You, you, yeah. you change with age, and like the mistake that people like Blink One Eighty Two making is that they, it will still be funny to be the cheeky chappy you trying to pull the girls at the gig and stuff. And it's like, but when you're in your late forties, mate, it just sounds cringeworthy and dire. So, uh, but anyway, we're not talking about Blink also stop hanging around Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> yeah, everyone should do that. Yeah. What's your number eleven? Cool. My number 11 is an album that you've already talked about, which is FTHC by Frank Turner. Oh, brilliant. I'm amazed you have this in your list. I an outlier. Well, I love this album. And I think the thing with Frank Turner is he he's someone who I sort of parted company with a bit. I think I, there were some of the albums where it didn't really do it for me anymore. And I yeah. left him behind a bit, sort of forgotten about him and went through a phase early on of seeing him live a lot and then just didn't really bother and stuff. And at the download pilot, he was so, it was such a cathartic release, that show. He was so wonderful, so brilliant, so perfect for that moment. It's got me right back into him. And I went back and listened to the the albums that I've loved from the past and stuff. So I was primed for this album coming out. And like you say, because it was a, it's a more personal take, it's just a return to form. This is just stunning, this album. I mean, the, the song... You mentioned Miranda. Yeah, it's a, it's such a masterpiece. The the way he phrases it is so. There's no sort of, what's the word, imagery, like artistic imagery about it, or it's it, it's it's straightforward. Tells the story, and it, this is what happened, and and then she was up on stage with me, and the anger started to fade from my chest. It's just got this wonderful way of writing, and yeah, it's I, it's, I love that song. I think it's brilliant. And then it's followed by a song which makes me well up every time about a friend of his who, yeah, way, way who took his own life. Way. Yeah. And it's those those themes, but it's it's just brilliant all the way through. And like you say, the gathering is of its time, but what a what a statement what a to come from there. Yeah. Like I always feel like Next Storm, uh, which the song he wrote in 2016, felt like it was written for the pandemic, and then he's got this song which is written exactly the moment it finishes, which yeah, is that pocket of time type thing. And uh, yeah, I think I think he could, because he comes from the folk tradition, just the idea of just like rather than using imagery, it's just like I'm just gonna say yeah, and um, say say what's going on. But it's so it's such a nice story, and like you said, that sort of. The, the the sequencing of it as well where's that there's that angry song about how his father let him down and was never there for him and he had to learn how to be a man on his own and all this sort of thing then coupled with this well hey this is what he was going through sort of stuff yeah. it's, it's so it's just so brilliantly put together and it's again because it's so personal and you can see it when we saw him live in in cardiff this year and when he plays those songs, it's just captivating, an emotional experience, you know. Just 
Yeah, I love this album. I think uh, I think this might be my favourite Frank Turner album. Okay, yeah, it's uh, it's not. Um, I don't think it's as good as Ignorant Keep My Bones or Love Iron Song. Hmm. Um, yeah, for me, it's Love Iron Song that it would be up against. But yeah, I, I mean, I love this. I think it's brilliant. It's I listened to it again uh, yesterday to get it fresh in my mind, and it's just it still makes me feel feel it when Miranda ends, and it's so beautiful and then it takes you into that dark place and then there's a sort of fun upbeat song after that to lift you up again it's so brilliantly put together he's 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 brilliant and uh yeah i love it that's my number 11 frank turner so my number 11 is conjurer with pathos oh cool yeah so i I imagine this will be in your list much higher but um obviously i've heard of them yeah um but the Maya was just a breakout classic. Um, I don't think, personal opinion, I don't think this is as good as Maya. Um, it's grimmer, more horrible, darker, um, <coughs> or immediately playing to what I like. Um, yeah, but it's still, they are one of the best bands in the UK. Um, they know how to write just bleak, horrible music that makes you want to crawl out your own skin. <laughs> yeah and the, the production on this album really goes for that as well i mean the drums sound horrendous yeah in a good way like they're, they're, they're when when the double bass pedal bits come in it's like they're actively trying to break your speakers it's just uh it's oppressive this album yeah. uh i think you're Again, to add in to a good way it's I will I I will I mean I don't want to you know it's no spoiler that I will be talking about them, but it, yeah um, good choice very good yeah it's, they're a, they're a great band I, I I think it's not quite uh, 2018 was a banner year anyway but it's not, I don't think it's quite as good as my um and but well I was going to say this when I talk about it but I do agree with that but that's only because that's not to say that this isn't an unbelievable classic album it's just that Maya is something really special and I think when you couple that with the fact that it's a debut mm. it's ridiculous achievement Maya and again I I wonder how fair it would be to expect them to top that because yeah. it's, 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 so, like, it's the, so incredible it's the Ithaca thing in reverse yeah harshly judge a band on their first album and then like oh someone comes out with a absolute incredible first album it's like, it's hard to follow up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think uh well, it's sort of true of Puppy as well, really, isn't it? It's it's such a stellar album, but the first album was it set the bar too high. So you almost feel a little bit yeah, but having said that, I think Pathos is incredible. So yeah, good choice. Watch your number ten into the top ten now. Yeah, into the top ten. That's uh and I'm going to try and say this correctly. It's a French um, avant-garde French metal band, very much in the same mould of Conjurer, actually. It's, I'm going to say, Assassin by Celeste, which, uh, assassins, or assassin. Boo, France, boo. <laughs> yeah, well, this it's hard. This is the day after to... England and France. World it Cup. is, yeah. World we've Cup. just been we've just been dumped out of the World Cup. I feel better about that than I have done in previous years. Partly because it's hard to dislike the French, and uh, the this band wow. part of the reason. <laughs> but yeah, this is 
a work of art this album from the from the cover art to the sound of it i mean very much coming out of the french metal scene they love them some gojira this band and there are riffs on here that gojira would be proud of you know it's but they do it in this again it's more crushing and oppressive and uh, yet to see them live but they apparently play in a completely dark space with these bright red head torches being the only source of light. So it's all really oppressive and horrible. And well, like a again, well. <laughs> like a down the bottom of a well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it must feel like that. Like, you know, something's gone wrong and we're being attacked. But the again, having just said all that, to describe it as sounding beautiful sounds weird, but it really does. It's okay. so lush and it's so again well produced. Everything sounds so huge, and his voice is—it's all in French, so I don't know what's being said, but he means it, and he's—he's he's got such a, a presence on the album, and it's just—it's yeah. all, all vote Barry Le Pen. It is, yeah. It's more right wing. Um, <laughs> there's a theme here in my list. <laughs> But no, it it it, it just far right propaganda. <laughs> yeah, it get your podcast cancelled by accident yeah. just because I don't speak enough French and German. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's wonderful, and for for anyone who likes sort of crushingly heavy music, but this is it's sort of it's taking the Gojira ball and running with it. It's almost like if Gojira went, nah, let's go back to being just really heavy. It's that you know with with that. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Yeah, I just love it. It just it, sounds I, I just, sounds wonderful. This was in my long list. It's a really good album. Yeah, it's great. And and again, the cover art is these this beautiful black and white photography, and it's so it's all so classy. And yeah, it's just I can't wait to see them. Sadly, they were on the other night at Damnation Festival, so we didn't get a chance to see them there. But I'm sure they'll crop up somewhere. But uh, yeah, Celeste, brilliant band. Not to be confused with the 80s pop star Celeste or the or, or Daphne and Celeste or the acclaimed video game Celeste oh, I've, I'm not aware of that it's, uh, it's, it's even it, more it won, it won 10 out it was got perfect score not perfect score it's got 10 out of 10s a lot of places it's a okay a, uh, oh, we're back in. it's a um, 16 bit style video game where you have to climb get up a mountain but it has themes about escaping anxiety and depression and that side of yourself. Oh, that actually sounds like it might be the sort of thing I would quite like. Yeah. If it's I don't know if you like the platforming, but you can actually change the... I think you can change the difficulty quite easily. So if you're not enjoying it, you can make it like a lot easier. Easier so you can see it play out. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to... It's about you. like just getting up that mountain in little bits. Like you get through a screen, you have to do very quick platforming things. And It sounds a bit like easy. that horrendous bit on sonic the hedgehog on the mega drive yeah. where you had to get out of that big um hole in the labyrinth zone and the water's climbing behind you uh because yeah, if it's like that it's then i'm going to be throwing control pads again like i did when I was a kid. there's a checkpoint at the end of every screen so like you get through one bit you are at that point you're safe to do the next puzzle um yeah the only bits that aren't like really regular checkpoints are that there's a bit where the, the version of yourself chases you. We've gone off topic. 
we have but that does sound interesting actually yeah. and it's i, I uh, recommend it if you can yeah yeah um, but no but um yeah so not to be confused with that celeste the avant-garde french metal band and yeah they know how to make an incredible album yes speaking about bands that know how to make an incredible this is a very shady like uh anyway <laughs> they're all incredible albums from now on right um yeah. soul glow diaspora diaspora problems oh yeah yeah um this band came out of nowhere um for me i'd never heard of them before um it's a blend of hardcore hip-hop rap um and it just feels like completely out of control energy that just sort of barely contained within the songs yeah um, nothing fits together quite nicely songs take left turns out of nowhere it's just one of those like relentless energetic albums um that like splits between genres very quickly um but the i think so, i don't know if it's the first song on the album gold chain punk starts off very like breezy danceable like duh, 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 and then just ends up with him just screaming who's gonna beat my ass who's gonna beat my ass yeah and it's like where has this come from um yeah i yeah he's got that um when hip-hop gets angry sort of sound doesn't he because we saw when we saw them live he's got a, quite an unassuming look about him isn't he the, yeah. the singer he's, he wears these sort of thick office worker in the 70s glasses yeah. and stuff yeah. but then he comes out and screams at you <laughs> yeah he's, yeah this is a really good band i think they need to work out how to get this how to make them live sound like they do on the album because i was a bit disappointed i do wonder about it because we saw them at a bit of a weird venue though didn't we it was That's like in a sprue yeah which i don't know how good a venue that was sound system wise it was a lovely room and it yeah. was a you know nice place to go but it didn't sound amazing in there i mean i wonder if they'd played the exchange instead if we might have had a bit more to to shout about there but, but yeah the, the album's great I, I love it i just uh before we saw them listen to it, like, this album's fantastic yeah, no, I, I I did like this one. Yeah, it's um again, it hasn't made my list, but yeah, that hardcore energy. I don't know where they're from. I assume it's like New York, is it, or something? I think they're Philly as well. Oh, are they? I remember them saying, yeah, they're from ah, close Pennsylvania. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think um they've got that cool yeah. swagger to it all as well that only an American could pull off, and yeah, yeah, it's it's uh. It was really good fun seeing them, and yeah, it's a really good album. Yeah, that's good choice again. Uh, what's your number nine? Well, my number nine is one that you mentioned briefly as not making your list, which is Hiss by Worm. Oh, cool! Yeah, which I this is staggering. This album, it's Worm Rot are a ah uh, Taiwanese Singapore from Singapore. Yeah. Um, as I said earlier, I would guess you, the best description would be grindcore. But like the best grindcore, it's all about throwing a torrent of ideas at you. And there are riffs in this album which would make for a really cool song, but they play them for about five seconds and then move on and do something new. And it's just relentless riff, riff. And it's so brilliant. The, the vocalist is incredible. That sort of Barney Greenway, nasty grindcore vocal, but sometimes this swaggering beer swilled rock stuff, sometimes that sort of 
power trip sounding thrashy bits and it's just relentless i mean there's a song on this album that's without even exaggerating it's i think it's 12 seconds long and it's got three distinct sections to it <laughs> i just think that's insane what well, you you could have made a whole album out of the ideas that they put into each song yeah it, it's just ruthless it, it, this is grindcore at its very best it's a brilliant album, this is. It's very difficult to say much else, really, apart from there's one breakdown where he goes into it by going, wow, like that, which I love, like a 70s hard rocker. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's like, if you like any type of rock music, there'll be a bit in this album that you'll really enjoy. It might might be only for 10 seconds, yeah. but it'll be there because they've done everything at once. Yeah, staggering. And um, again, not a band I've seen live, but we are correcting that early in 2023. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love this album. It's uh, it's ruthless, and that's the sort of thing I like. Yep. Um, my number nine is another massive band. It's Rammstein and Zeit. Excellent. Um, so as far as I know, I speak a bit of German. This isn't about like voting for far right parties. Um, <laughs> It's it's more just one of we've talked a bit about bands aging really well, and I think Bramstein is the probably the biggest band in rock and metal, biggest band of rock and metal released album this year. I would say so. Yeah, I would say they're, they're probably the biggest rock and metal band in the world, aren't they? In terms of their no, Metallica, Maiden, still bigger. Well, okay, Metallica. Yeah, I think they could give Maiden a run for their money, though. I mean, they're 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 selling out stadiums in every country in the world. Yeah. There's not many rock bands that can do that anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, we, we had 10 years between uh, Libra's Valada and uh, the self-titled album. And so having another one after three years was a bit of a surprise. I think that's happened a few times because of the pandemic. But I think this is better than the last album. Um, I think this is their best album since Rise Riser. It just seems to... It's a band that's sort of grown into itself and knows exactly what it is now. Um, like the, the the songs are written down, Zeit, Zigzag, Angst, Dicker Titten, Giftig. Um, yeah. They're just classic so, Rammstein songs. Like we, we saw them, I was lucky enough to see them twice in the summer. And these songs just fit into the set list effortlessly. Um, they, well, again, sorry. No, I was just going to say this hasn't made my list, but Angst might be my song of the year that's not surprising because it's just it's rammstein it's that with, with the that industrial riff that proper till hammer industrial riff but it's got that behind it as well it just sounds huge if i was a wrestler that's what i would walk out to yeah i, I feel like they could just write that song they could write five of those songs an album they choose not to they just yeah. they want to do something they want to they seem to pick they know how to make a song that an album with the whole band yeah shows how brilliant they are uh throughout i mean like the there's nothing as as good for uh till as a uh, pupper on this album but lugan where they throw in the auto-tuning and it's a song about lying yeah like but it's the fact that the auto-tune is sort of it's used sparingly at first and then it sort of gets worse yeah and then and then it purposefully goes out of its way to mangle it out of yeah. all recognition it's like 
it's like a statement about auto-tune becoming more intrusive and getting worse as it goes along. It's so yeah, clever. It's amazing. Um, and then it just ends with a Jew, which if it might be the last song they ever put to a record, and um, what a wow, way to yeah. end. Um, just the, it's not as, yeah, it's not as fast as the old, uh, it's not as, it doesn't have the pace, but it's just slighter and the use of um, Blarker's keyboard is just right at the bottom. Just, uh, that's phenomenal. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I mean, thinking about the the, the singles like Zigzag, yeah. it's probably Flarker's that sort of do, 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 do. So that's the, the catchy hook, really. Yeah, they, they do. But again, it's like we were saying when you were talking about Slipknot, that sort of big band getting on a bit, but finding a new way to do it well at that age. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, when I earlier on, when I shouted out a few others, I started with Skin Failure. They were just below that, so they weren't far out of my list. But it's only because I think, for my taste, I do prefer the self-titled album to this, I think. But that's that's something, isn't it? I mean, we, they, we, they've released two albums 10 years after their previous one, this late in their career, and we're debating which one's the best. That's a good position for them to be in. It shows that they're releasing quality stuff still. And I yeah. think this album thematically fits together better. The, the theme of this album with uh, time and things ending and the, like the zigzag thing with the, the video with the plastic surgery and like state. Yeah. And, um, and the, well, the song Zeit as well is, is so haunting and yeah, weird video. But again, it's all those sort of sounds of time themes. And, yeah. yeah, brilliant. What a band. Yes. What's your number eight? My number eight is a far smaller band than that. Um, Where Myth Becomes Memory by Rolo Tomasi. Excellent. I mean, it's difficult to put into words how good this band are now. They, they've been around for so long, but for me, it seems like they've suddenly hit this new level, really. And I think for me, and you may not agree with this, I think this is their best album. I no, love I don't it. agree with that. But, but it's... So, I mean, someone, I think what, what did it for me is uh, someone on another podcast described them as being um, neoclassical meets black metal. And that's not quite right, but it helps make sense of it in a way that suddenly you go, oh my God, you know. And those clean stung parts where it's just piano led and, uh, I mean, a voice, Eva, is that right? Yeah, Eva Spence. That's it. Um, her voice is her range is incredible like Mike Patton incredible yeah. the, the level of yeah. stuff that she can do is it's it's crazy and we've seen her recreate all of that live as well so she can just do it in front of you it's just these two microphones that's yeah it. and yeah that's right so these screamed vocals are so vicious and so gripping and then it can be so beautiful and yeah, it's just, again, it's just lovely to listen to. The production sounds incredible. And live, these songs were outstanding. It's just, yeah, absolutely phenomenal band. It's, it's another one where it's difficult to say, and like Rolo Tomasi are, are really good. It's a yeah. difficult thing to, to expand on, really, because of course they are. They're just I, 
one of the most talented groups of musicians who are playing stages that are outrageously small compared yeah. to how massive their songs are. You know, it's. I think they're in that position within the certainly within the UK where you are looking at a very special band that sort of you know when they release an album in about three or four years it's going to be absolutely brilliant as well. It's it's that yeah. massive thing. They're they're you know you you just know they're they're going to release something that's fantastic. They yeah. And they do do national treasure. Yeah, I think so. And their their ability to play live, and it, I think, because because they've been around for so long as well, because they were very very young when they became a band, and they got this media push, which maybe threw them into the spotlight a bit early and all that. But what it does mean is they they they're so tight as a set of musicians, so talented, but so. I mean, the first song on this album, they played live in the Fleece. And it was just, whoa. You know, the whole time, the jaw on the floor watching that. It's just that they're just an incredibly brilliant band. And this this album is a set of songs which deserve to be heard by a lot more people than are. Yeah. And she, I mean, she could she could drop the, the black metal stuff and be an extremely capable solo artist or clean singer or whatever i mean the sky's the limit for her and she's choosing to do this music which is so visceral and so exciting brilliant yeah brilliant band and another great album the last one was a classic this one is also a classic yeah superb all right in my next album that you're not gonna like um (laughs) right here we go it's parkway drive darker still okay um so i know you you've checked out on this band um so uh, with this album, which again, I don't think is as good as the last two, but I think they've cemented themselves as they're not a traditional heavy metal band, but I think they are the best heavy metal band in the world currently. Like They write better heavy metal songs than Judas Priest and Metallica and Iron Maiden. Um, they just seem to know how to do it. Um, they can still, but they it's not just heavy metal songs, like Glitch, quite a lot of new metal in that. Um, but like just heavy metal sing-alongs, Ground Zero, like Napalm. Um, Darker Still, which is the centerpiece of the album, is the best song of that style since the Black Album. Like, I think it's probably better. For me, it's probably better than Nothing Else Matters and Unforgiven. I prefer that song. It probably helps that I saw it live with dueling guitarists and violinists. Um, greatest thing, just... No, go on. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. For, for anyone listening to this, the, the Parkway Drive might be my least favourite band in the, the entire metal scene. This is probably where we're furthest apart on any band, actually, isn't it? So I will, I will listen to what you're saying, but it's probably, that's probably to even like. mention them in the same breath as the Black Album by Metallica oh, seems absolutely crazy to me. Yeah, but you know I'm not a massive fan of the Black Album. Completely. Oh, I know, yeah, that's true, yeah. But so, yeah, um, I'm only saying it's that type of song as well, that, you know, that long, that drawn-out, ballad-style yeah. song. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they write sing, they're, they're sing-alongs on this album, like Greatest Fear, um, which just had its back by a massive riff. Um, yeah, I think there is quite a lot of Black Album this album with mixed with Eurometal, and I think that's probably the element that you don't like. With weirds like Nick Cave, it's one of the elements I don't like. Yeah, um, I mean, my my problem with Parkway Drive is well, the last time I saw them live was when they headlined Bloodstock, and 
I don't know if, I mean, the bits, we all listen, we're all drawn to different parts of music, I guess. And for the stuff I like, the rhythm section stuff that I love in music, it's so meat and potatoes, straightforward, boring rhythm with Winston McCall, who might, he's not the worst vocalist in the scene. That's really unfair because Knock Loose exists. But he's certainly a candidate. (laughs) I just don't understand. And again, I mean, this is a a taste thing and that's why I don't want to derail you celebrating an album you love from this year by hating on parkway drive but this is this is just why i'm not uh contributing to the conversation as much on this i think that's fine i think silence is probably better when you've got nothing positive to say (laughs) yeah i think so so i think we were listening i thought you were going to say silence is probably better than parkway drive no that's what you think no yeah um yeah and they like if a god can bleed, which is sort of like like Winston's a big Nick Cave fan, he just has to throw in these weird sort of post-punk slash Parkway songs that seem to exist on every album. I imagine they piss off a lot of the people, but I, I, well, it's an interesting one because I mean, again, I am not in a I'm not in the conversation because they're not a band for me, but I get the sense that a lot of Parkway Drive fans are disappointed with this. Album. Yeah, I think. The problem is there's, there's partway drive fans who just want to hear, listen to uh, Horizons and Atlas again. Yeah. And there's partway drive fans. So, like, I came on board partway drive with Aya. Um, I'd seen so it's just a more expansive thing that... Yeah, I like the fact that they sound like a Iron Maiden-ish heavy metal band now because bands, yeah. bands like that aren't releasing great albums. Um, so I guess what, if you're the, I wish they were still a, just a straightforward metalcore, yeah. you're always going to keep being disappointed yeah. now, I guess. They're, they're um, not going to be that again. Um, and I, I like Atlas and Horizons, but I don't, and Deep Blue, I don't, I think Deep Blue is probably the better ones of those. Um, but I don't, I would prefer to list to Aya. I think for most people, Aya is the, the happy point because it's a mixture of the two. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I it again. This is probably a controversial for having it that high, but I went. Well, I, I just not going to see them, and I was like, "This is really great." It's interesting. It is. It's interesting because our our tastes converge so often. Like what you love about this phase of I of, of Parkway Drive's music is probably the same reason I dislike it so much, and I yeah. think it's, it's an interesting one, really, because. As I say, it's probably the furthest apart we are, and it's interesting to think about why that is. But it's uh, now I'm glad because, as I say, I mean a, a lot of people are very seem very disappointed with it. So it's good that uh, you're well, not I, as a big Parkway fan. Like I'm going to mention oh, Soul Bleach, which just sounds like traditional. I it could have gone on higher. Like mm. what? What's the problem with that? I think yeah, there is there is maybe this thing of well, we, they're not the band they were 10, 15 years ago, so. We're angry about that, and I don't think it matters because they're going to be headlining the second stage or sub sub headlining download this year. I and I, I, I imagine them being on before Metallica one of the nights. I guess or Slipknot. Yeah, that's true. They might do that. I think they might be on before Slipknot. Yeah, or they might be on before Bring the Horizon. They they, they could be on before. It's maybe a point they could be on before all three of the headliners. That's true. That is a good point. It, it would make sense. Yeah. Any which way, yeah. Um so cool. I, I know 
it's controversial, but I think this album's great. Um, well, again, I mean, I I'm not in a position to comment because it would be like me commenting on I don't know Sam Ryder's album. You know, I, I I'm so disinterested that it's not fair to have an opinion. But I'm glad as a, as a Parkway as as a as someone up on the outside looking in this feels like a disappointing album so i'm glad that you don't feel no no i i was surprised how uh annoyed people were with it yeah um like comparatively the compared to the last two architects albums which i i think um uh for those who wish to exist has got good moments but the the one this year is just not interesting or good at all I think the problem with with the Architects album this year was it was a bit of a spot the reference game, wasn't it? It's like that sounds like Sonna by Rammstein. That sounds like Corn. That sounds like Hybrid Theory. You know, it was very much like we're trying to recreate lots of things we like. I don't know. It, it yeah, it left me a bit cold. Again, it wasn't a bad album. Oh, it's just... just that I I liked Architects when they're a lot more emotional and. I mean, they made two albums after losing a member of the band, so it's going to be hard for them to top that, I guess. But anyway, we're not talking about art. It doesn't sound like either of us are talking about architects. So, uh, no. um, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So I, I think one final thing we I played Darker Still to a couple of friends who like, aren't as obsessed with music as us two, and they both like, that song's great. And I think a little bit, if you're away from the baggage and the expectations, you'll just, yeah. Yeah, that's maybe that's that's why I mean it's part of the reason why the the reaction to them being announced for Bloodstock was disappointing because if if none of those people had ever heard of them and just took a punt on them they would probably really enjoy it because it is that traditional heavy metal stuff that they claim to love so much but because oh, it's Parkway oh. Drive it comes with this this like you say baggage which everyone wrote them off the minute their name appeared on the poster before they even played a note and it's just you know at least i had the decency to write them off after watching an hour of it um well i wonder if there was similar reaction to kill switch this year who are genre mates yeah yeah that's true i don't know i don't know that one was like oh it's because uh, kill switch were from five years before so i can say that's fine because it yeah long to me even though parkway have been going for like 20 years now anyway yeah What's your number seven? Uh, yeah, my number seven is an album that came out very recently, actually. But it was always going to make my list because I love the guy. It's uh, The Atheist Same by Jamie Lemon. Number seven. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I was wondering if it would be something we could have a massive disagreement on. but <laughs> <laughs> No, we are. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, well, you saw uh, part of the set. Um, but at Download, he came out and played this album. And it was the first time anyone had ever heard it. So it was all, I'm playing all new songs. Sorry, everyone. And then played one of the most fun sets of the whole weekend when you hadn't heard a note. But it meant that when I put this album on for the first time, I was already singing along with choruses to songs that I was hearing for the first time. Because seeing them once was enough. They're so catchy and infectious. Yeah, this I, album's amazing. And so I, I saw Jamie, I think it's pretty much a year ago today. Yeah. And he said, oh, once this tour's over, I'm going to go in the studio, I'm going to record an acoustic album. 
And then the next time I saw him was that download set where he's like, I've got a full band now. Here's a place. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah. So, someone said, uh, said, oh, Jamie, you've got to play the game. Like uh, a festival set should be a festival set. And I think in some respects, yes. But I think that's if you're on a big stage. Yeah. And I think he was on the third stage. And actually, I think this album has the songs that are more suited to play at big festivals than he's written as a solo artist. I think so. This is like, because he's someone who very much does his own thing each album. You don't really know what you're going to get. I mean, Muscle Memory was a double album, hmm. half of which is folk songs. The other half is grindcore. Yeah. And then you've got Devolver, which is this mad eclectic mix of stuff. And now this is, yeah, this is extremely accessible. Sing along and big, I mean, talk hard is... The yeah. sort of song that should be on Radio One all day. It's 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 brilliant. So catchy. The lyrics are great as well. There's lyrics on this album that made me laugh out loud. It's so genuine. That character that you get from him live, coming through in the music, is really cool to hear. It's uh, it's great from beginning to end. Yeah, like this is all there is, which is a brilliant atheist anthem. This is, I think, this is yeah. the Brit rock he's sounded since Ruben. Um, yeah, it's what's the um, if you believe that there's a heaven and how? Well, maybe I guess there's a planet Krypton as well. Yeah. I mean, what an opening line to an album! Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's 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 brilliant. Um, and there's very personal songs as well. Lena, don't leave me. Sort of deep down. Yeah, Lena, don't leave me is. I mean, again, I, I, I my other half, Claire, I bought her the CD for the car, um, and she drove somewhere and came back and she was singing that song in the kitchen again having heard the album once and that's i think that's the thing with this there's the, there's stuff on my list which takes time and you know it is that stroke our beards and think about how wonderful music is sometimes people just come along who just write wonderful songs yeah. and here he is what a guy so much character so so brilliantly written yeah another, another national treasure definitely and you know it, he's one of those people in a way as well where you think he could be really big but you sort of you sort of selfishly don't want him to be because he's such a a great little corner of our world you know and turning up in his suit in the deep mud at arc tangent to headline black peaks that time and stuff and it just he's a legend he could be a stand-up comedian, probably, if he if yeah. he wanted to put his guitar down, or his drumsticks, or his bass guitar, whatever else he's absolutely amazing at. Yeah, this album's brilliant, and it, it, I think this is the the album on the list where anyone who heard us talking now, who's it, just has a passing interest in rock music or music in general, this is the one that you're gonna like. Everyone would love this. Yeah, it's I, great. I, more, I think, but um, we'll get there. Um, yeah. What's your number six then? My number six is The Long Road North by Cult of Luna, which again, it's, um, I think their previous album, I mean, I'm quite a recent convert to Cult of Luna, to be honest. I got into them when A Dawn to Fear came out because that, that's when they sort of, I became aware of them. And I've been back and listened to a lot of their, their previous stuff now and I've gone all in. Uh, but I think Dawn, Dawn to Fear is probably their best album for me. But this is damn close. And it's so, it's that 
ability to create a sort of a feeling and a vision a, a, a visual like with music that's sort of because it's this it's story about moving north which when you're a Scandinavian band means going into the cold and the mountains and the fjords and you feel it in the the sound of the album and that haunting track I think it's like track three or four where there's this guest female vocalist comes in and delivers this haunting which is so at odds with the crushing fury of Johannes's vocal um yeah it's spectacular and again it's a difficult one because it's not like one it's not an album where I'll go and this song is wonderful because it's it's a piece this album which is something that Cult of Luna do so well you know I, I I will listen to this album if I've got the 80 minutes to sit down and listen to all of it you know and something I've done a lot and it's just they're just beautiful and it's so heavy and so emotional and there are moments on it that just jump out, you know, it's, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm aware, like, again, Nick, Nick, our friend made me really laugh at Arctangent when uh, we were talking about their headline set. And I said, I'm glad that they played a lot of songs from the recent two albums. And Nick just went, how on earth could you tell? <laughs> and I, I, I get that, but you know, if, if you're not a big fan, maybe it can all sound a little bit repetitive and a little bit one note in its delivery but that's what you need to go in on because it pulls you into that world and yeah it's like it's like being lost in a trance listening to this album brilliant brilliant musicians amazing drumming the drum performance on this album is something else yeah cult of luna really really great not a surprising take from me yeah. Um, so I've got another one you're not going to like. I think this is the last one. Right. Uh, it's, and it's Pup, the, unravel- the unravelling of Pup the Band. Yeah, okay. I, I think I like albums by punk uh, punk bands where they're talking about the fact that they're just completely falling apart and uh, <laughs> with the industry's going to destroy them. Because uh, that was Real Big Fish's uh, We're Not Happy To, You're Not Happy album. Um, yeah, I felt the last album, they sort of basically completed punk anthems. like. I don't think they could write songs as good as kids and uh um why have I forgotten the song? Um just oh I don't know. Um just because you're sad again doesn't make you happy at all. Um that's not the song title though. Um I, I, again I can't help because pop uh, <laughs> up my area. Um so they they've gone for this, they've just gone weirder this album, um, with the interstitials about uh band meetings and like the record label having a go at them, like it just seems to work really well they've also hardcored it up a notch i think the uh especially live um but yeah the, these songs sound there's a lot more hard, hardcore punk in, influence in them um the highlights totally fine waiting the last song which is just about well this is going to fall apart and can i get a job in insurance <laughs> um yeah um yeah just another great pop album i think that i prefer the theme of this one with the uh the idea of just how long is this going to last and what on earth is going on? We're going to split up, which they keep threatening to do. I mean, on their second album, they uh, had a song called If This Tour Doesn't Kill kill Us, I Will. So it's not something new, but yeah, just done a really like... Well, it's their whole shtick, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? It's that. 
I mean, again, this this is very much not for me, pup. I don't I don't see the appeal at all, and this album was no exception. Free at so, last was the song I was thinking of the last album. Ah, okay. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, I mean, they're they're yeah, they're just not for me. I don't think the vocals are very good at all. But again, I don't want to be negative, and it's I shouldn't voice an opinion where I have no right to have one because it's well, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. What, what's your number five? Well, you can get your own back a little bit here because I think my number five is an album that you don't like. No. Uh, it's God Country, God's Country, I should say, by Chat Pile. Oh, it's just the, yeah, it's the, the voice. I can't stand it. Yeah, see, there you go. So it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I can't stand the singer in Pup mm. and you can't stand this guy. So, yeah, it's... But, I mean... This album is, I, I just, I can't believe how good it is, really. It's its so angry and it's so, I, I'm, I am slash was a big fan of Daughters and with the horrible stuff that's come out about the lead singer of that band, um, it's really nice to have someone of that ilk to get excited about. But in some ways, it's more accessible is an insane word to use. But I think it is. It's got more influences from. I mean, there's there's a song there's there's a song on here which has got a corn riff in it. Mm. You know, they they again there seems to be a a theme this year of like drawing a bit more on the old new metal sounds. I think maybe that the the idea that new metal isn't cool is uh, finally disappearing and people are embracing that in the in the tapestry but yeah it's it's and it's got this but with his angry vocal i mean it's just it's he's hard to describe it's one way you've just got to hear it really because he just there's a song called why where he just it's almost spoken word really furious repetitive asking the same question again and again like as if i'm not getting an answer that i'm happy with why do people have to live outside why we got loads of buildings which are stood empty. So why do people have to live outside? Why do people have to live outside? And it's just, it's so, and it gets in your head and you're like, yeah, he's so fucking right. Why are people living on the streets when we've got all this stuff around us? You know, and it, it's just, it's really good. But I think the, the moment where this album crosses into genius is the last track where without going too bleak with it all, he goes into his mental health really. And it's, it's what having a panic attack is like set put into a song it's 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 right it's spot on the 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 fight in his head that that is sort of these thoughts coming across his mind and there's one moment where there's a there's a, a cbt trick where you try and distract yourself from the intrusive thoughts by listing something men, mundane so he starts listing the muppets but it's not working so he's getting frustrated so it's like a animal kermit oh fuck it you know and this sort of i'm fine okay i'm fine and it's 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 so it's just so perfect the way it's done and it's it's hard to listen to in a sort of almost not not on the same level as Caligula, but the same sort of sensation of discomfort and you know I love music that can get emotion right 
and you go yeah that's that's exactly what it's like and it's 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 like that it's superb album and i can having said all of that and i've got it at my number five above albums that i love because i think it's wonderful but i can understand why someone would have your opinion because i think he i don't know his name but the vocalist is so front and center of everything about this album if you don't like him there's not going to be much left <laughs> and I, I guess that's where his name is ian chat is that right it is yeah ian chat i can't think what i was going to say but yeah that would have been good if i hadn't lost my train of thought no it's um i mean someone on another podcast said that he's either an artistic marvel or he's someone that we need to genuinely be worried about because his, his as i say that like, as as someone who's had problems with with mental health and and the the way he puts that to sound is just right it's just exactly what it's like it's it, it, that loss of control in your own thoughts and that almost an argument with yourself you know a, a voice shouting at the other voice down to shut up and leave me alone and it sounds unhinged and horrible but it's so it's so cathartic because it's like god that's you know it, it's it's just brilliant it's it, it's wonderful and i think it it's it, he is a very angry individual and uh yeah it's not going to be for everyone but i think it scratches that same itch that daughters would scratch or Linguer Ignota would scratch and obviously those are two artists who for very different reasons aren't going to be around for much longer well I say that Christian Hater will probably go on to do something something new but she's she's discontinuing the the painful Linguer Ignota project that she's put together and then this band come along out of nowhere and pick up that mantle and run with it but put in some moshable riffs as well and as I say, it's a lot more listenable and accessible <laughs> than Daughters, which doesn't mean it should be on Six Music, but it does mean it's got more going on. I don't, I don't think criteria for Six Music is more accessible than Daughters. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> in some respect, like Imperial Triumphant are more accessible. Than <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's my number five, Chat Pile, which right. I believe is a. It's like a, some a Chat Pile is a where they are digging for oil, they dump all the shit into a big pile and then just leave it there. And they called them chat piles. So even the name's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking about a band that should be on Six Music, but they won't be, it's Ithaca and they Fears. There you go. Yeah. I knew you'd have this somewhere, yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is the most improved band of the year. Um, I like the first album, but this is Streets Ahead. Um, I think yeah, Jamila's breakout. I, I think the difference in her between albums, like like you said, I think the first album was it was just her screaming. Um, on this one, it's it, that very kill switch, like brutal verses, credible choruses, almost to the point like you could think in ten years' time she could have Eva Spence level of talent. Um, um, well, again, I, 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 maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe she's grown in confidence yeah. enough to to show her her clean singing off, and it's just well, it's a game changer for me because, as I say, I I didn't really think the first album was that great, and this album is superb. 
yeah, yeah. I think they, they've also different... picked up an attitude about it. Like the, like you said, the album art. It's all very yeah. deliberate. The fact that um, Jamila comes out in a in the same uh, outfit as as on the album is very. This is this is the this is what we're going for with this. This is um, our image. Um, in the way they fear us, can read first. Just fantastic songs. Um, and then it ends with this um, lush eighties ballad. Yeah, old be held, which is a massive left turn, but they pull it off. They do. It's 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 probably my least favorite moment of the album. It's one of those things that I I appreciate and respect more than I enjoy. I think. Oh, I, th- I think it does it so. I mean, I don't. I don't want an album of it from this band. No, and really, I. It, um, but you're right because it's 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 it, it's nothing blended with with rock. That is it. It's just it's an out and out pop song. Right. Well, so really, Tomati do these piano led tracks. Um, and th- yeah, they could have just done that, but yeah. they did. They did something that obviously fitted their style. Um, it's something they wanted to do. It does sound completely different. I don't think a band like this type of band has ever done a song like that. No, and pulled it off as well. So, well, again, and I think the reason they pull it off is because Jamila's clean vocal is is just epic. I think she's stepped up to such a a level and. You can afford to try and do a pop song when you've got someone who can sing that well. Yeah, again, if if you played people that just that song in isolation, they'd probably get quite excited about hmm. whoever this pop star is. Yeah, and was she on the X Factor? I think that ages me, but yeah, no, it does. I mean, well, I, I, I people listening to the podcast can't see you. I mean, what really ages you is the image on the screen. Haggard. Haggard, <laughs> just you know, ravaged by the passage of time. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, but good choice. And I, I figured you would have this uh, high in your list, and yeah, glad to see it there. And as I say, it's 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 nice for me. It's always nice to. It's same with the Zealandada thing. It's a lovely moment when you listen to a new album by a band that you're not that keen on, and it clicks, and you go, aha. That's why everyone's so excited about this band. So it's it's good to uh, to share that. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is again an album you've already talked about. It's Pathos by Kundra. Oh, okay. Which uh, I mean, I make no secret of how much I love this band. I mean, you've already said it all yourself, really. It's they 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 there was a sense that after Maya being such a unbelievable achievement for a debut album that they could go places this band they could if they come out with something that elevates them to the next level they could be on the main stage of this that and the other and all that they absolutely don't seem to be interested in going that direction at all and what they actually seem to want to do is make the most aggressive oppressive horrible sounding music they can and everything about this album is crushing the production, the the density of the drums, the density of the ideas, the even the dynamics because they're, they're beautifully dynamic band. That Kundra are, are so brave when it comes to stripping things back to nothing, like a very light, clean guitar picked thing in the middle of a song, which then builds again with the drums, and it's just devastating. It's just 
brilliant. I mean, there's a spoken word section on it, which I feel like it goes on a bit too long. That's my only criticism, really. Other than that, the Kundra are a band who, who the fact that they haven't tried to go in a direction which could make them this, that, and the other is what I wanted from them. I wanted them to be the next big, heavy, gnarly thing. And I'm so, so happy with this album. I think it's wonderful. I, As I said earlier, I agree with you. It's not as good as Maya, but Jesus, what a bar to have set for yourself. And I just love the direction they've gone on. And then when I saw them that night in the exchange that I've already talked about, these new songs are just epic. Fill the room. And they're, it's funny because they're, they're a fun band in terms of their personalities. It's like Dan and Con- Connor waving his, doing, windmilling his hair. Yeah. And Brady is famously really into the most saccharine of pop music. And he just hang on one second I've, I've i'm now looking at an empty chair kev's had to run away i think maybe it's some kind of toilet emergency he looked uncomfortable before he ran away it's something it's it again it's it's this age thing when you get to a certain age it's really hard to uh, oh here he is um sorry yeah that, that was a delivery oh okay yeah Oh, I, I, I didn't get that right then. I was just talking to myself, one, pondering on why you might have run off. Yeah. But you can hear that back another time. Um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, Brady is really into like this really like populist music and pop music and things like Charlie, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen and stuff. And he plays that before they come out on stage. So they seem like they're a really fun band. But then musically, there's nothing... None of that comes through at all. They're so serious and so it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. This strap in, you know, brilliant. Yeah, just one of the most exciting bands in the country. Live up to expectation for me because they they seem to be more interested in kicking ass than getting big, and I'm all for it. Yeah, Conjurer. Um. So my number four is almost the polar opposite. It's uh, Blood Command, Praise Armageddonism. Okay. Um, so th- this album, I think, out of all these, was the one I had the most apprehension of for listening to, because uh, is it Lauren that left the band? Yeah, yeah, that rings that sounds right. Yeah, it left the band and was replaced by Nikki from Pagan. Now, I like Pagan, but um, I think we've discussed in the past, we have reservations about her on stage persona and I was not 100% sure she could do the pop lyrics the the pop singing that Lauren could do yeah she absolutely nails it incredibly so like the first time I was like oh my god that this is better than what they've sounded like before this is the best thing they've this is the best album they've done um like straight away Saturday City is just a classic dance song um I think we said a few times, like if these songs were released in like the nineties, they'd be massive. Yeah, um, they would. Just an album of absolute bangers. Um, doesn't stop. Uh, Society City enders her. Um, Questionable taste in friends. Villains monologue. Nuns, guns, and cowboys. Just a relentless pace of this album. That I, I think every single song is a just great. Um, you just can't sit still to them. Well, I think that's that's what I like about it so much is the the, the again the rhythm 
the drumming and the yeah, bass and stuff. It's, we we it's should like we shouldn't party music. As long yeah, as long as she could do the the pop singing, the red because she like the I think I don't know who writes the songs. I think it's the guy that I bought the album from. Um, you know he he's the, the band is the talent. They just need a, a front person who can perform as they need to and yeah she nails it um and when i saw them exchange the sort of the on-stage antics were toned down and actually complemented the music the which point. i think is what because i mean it's telling with this album because again this this hasn't made my list but it wasn't far off it wasn't a million miles away and that's despite the fact that i didn't enjoy them live and i'm not keen on her as a vocalist but even despite two big problems like that this album's so infectious and so good that it cuts past that to a degree anyway for me it's just again it's that it's that sort of disco yeah. disco beat but with heavy stuff coming in and a lot of variety and it's just good fun it's just, we're, we're, we're in christmas party season and like most people put on a christmas song and i just like want to leave but <laughs> if someone put on saturday city i'll be like yeah on the dance floor yeah no it's, i i mean so infectious like um you just have to move to these songs like either what what a treasure of band that i think hopefully are starting to get some traction i really well they've had some unfortunate like forced lineup changes and stuff which i mean that could derail another band and especially like you say is the the personality of the ball of energy at the front is important. Mm. And again, I, I, I'm pleased to hear that maybe she's toning down some of that stuff because it's a bit much and it takes away from the music rather than adding to it. Yeah, so I, if that's not the case, when you saw them again, I think that's, that's promising, but yeah, she's more, very, she, it's almost like she's, she's more concerned about being sexy than being good. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? I think, I think exchange. It was just. It reminded me of how energetic uh, Liam is. The counterpart. Right. Yeah. That, see, that's that's what you like, want. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go for crowd surf. I'm gonna be in the crowd. I'm gonna be on top of the crowd. I'm gonna do high kicks with the yeah. the guitarist. Um, she still did some of like the shaking her ass and stuff. And but that's the thing. It should be more about like jumping around because the music's so infectious not because yeah. you want to show was, off was, how gorgeous was, you are it was with the music it was complimentary yeah. rather than uh, at trees the problem is she went back to her thing of like down in vodka and throwing spit in the crowd like yeah there was a bit of um maybe maybe they'd had discussions because i think i'm not the only one that said how great they were live in that set well because you're right as well because with pagan they were like an unsettling black metal type but sound where that weird oh, off-putting persona worked but blood commander's supposed to bring the party aren't they yeah. she shouldn't be telling the telling the crowd she's going to kill them if they don't dance she should be going hey everybody jump up and down with me you know it's it's, it's She's it got to get that fine right. Like, this is one of the best shows on the tour. I love Bristol. Um, talking a bit about how being in this band has saved her life because she'd lost parents in the in 2020 and getting the call from Blood Command was like, she was welling up. It was like more of a, a personality thing. than. Um, that's uh, that's promising to hear. Yeah. And the, oh, this album's so good. I, I agree. Yeah, as I say, it hasn't made my list, but this is 
despite the fact that I have reservations as her as a singer, the quality of these songs cuts through that anyway. And it's just, it's just wicked. It ends with this sort of, again, we're into a weird experimental jazz song to end an album, like massive left, left turn ending. Yeah. That's really weird though, isn't it? Cause it's, there's no like signpost to that at all. And then it's like this lounge jazz, this like saxophone led thing. Yeah, <laughs> Which, it's, yeah. it's bookended by songs about Armageddon. It's uh, it, it trails off with like, a cult leader speaking so yeah yeah um right we're into into the top threes into the top three already yeah well my top three again is i think in fact everything now is stuff that you've mentioned this one okay. didn't make your list but uh this world is going to ruin you by vain okay this was high and mine and then kept falling down yeah i, I just think it's maybe my taste has changed a little bit um I, I mean, again, it's almost difficult to talk about really because this is just they're a hardcore band of the sort of code orange batch, if you like. Mm. But their album Arizona brought this new metal groove into that, which was so infectious and fun. But this one seems just darker and nastier and. What I like about this as well is it's become more dynamic. They're not just on 10 all the time now. It's sort of, there are these amazing piano-led pieces, which are no less heavy, even though there's no distorted guitar in sight. You know, it's just a piano and him singing, but it's still heavy. And then there's really upbeat, like sharp, heavy stuff. There's one chorus where he sounds like Jake Bannon from Converge. It's that level of, horrible sounding quality you know to his voice it's it's like they've taken 10 different approaches to being heavy as fuck so it never stops being really 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 heavy all the time heavy heavy but in it's so dynamic and so diverse in such a short album yeah it's great and uh, i mean it's, it's just so exciting for a band again i think they're probably getting some traction at the moment and well deserved because they're, aside from the two obvious ones, they're the most exciting hardcore band going for my money. And uh, yeah, this is a brilliant album. I think I prefer it to Arizona. There's more to this album than Arizona, which uh, I find, yeah, uh, making this music diverse, but without it. Because the last track on this album sort of starts as a quiet piano but heavy like piano chords, you know, and him singing. It sounds like, oh, they're going to end with like a, a more melancholy piece, I see. But then halfway through, it just stops and there's a sample and then it just kicks in and it, out of out of nowhere, but also in a way that flows brilliantly, it, it becomes a raucous, heavy, hardcore song at the end. It's, it's they, they brought so much together and seamlessly. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant band. Vane, which is now written as Vane.fm. Um, yeah. Don't really know how you're supposed to say that. Apparently, it's still just Vane. That's why. Yeah, they've, they've got multiple projects, and they put .fm at the end of all of them to bring them together, I think. But, um, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant album. Again, really cool artwork as well. And, yeah, um, it's ace. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so my, my top three have all been number one at different points. And I find it really, really hard to pick between them. 
Yeah. Like, like ridiculously so. Um, so number three um, is Rally to Massey, Where Myth Becomes Reality. Um, you said this is your favourite Rally to Massey album. Mine would still be Time Will Die and Love Will Bury It. Which yeah, I, think, I thought you might say that, yeah. Uh, modern classic. I think you're looking at the best albums of the, the tens that that is in there. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. It's just I think this one, yeah, this one grabbed me more. But Yeah, I think there's this three album arc like they they changed the band they are now with um is it grievances um and then they sort of nailed it with time will die then this one is a little bit lighter but it's i think time will die is an 11 out of 10 this is a 10 out of 10 this Um, is the thing isn't it it's like we're we're like discussing which is the better album out of two yeah modern classics yeah and that that's that's the position that this band are now in, where it's just like, are they that well, are are they one of the best bands in the country? Probably now. I think I don't no doubt it. Yeah. You could make it call they're the best. I don't think I'd fight anyone that said that, um, based on the current form. Um again, Eva is possibly the best singer in the country. Don't know. There's, Maybe there's creeper around. Um <laughs> that's true. Uh but it's just that mix of heaviness, brutality, and beauty. Um, like almost always, just it's a serene, beautiful song, followed by Cloaked, which just is heavy yeah. and non electronic. Um, but again, it's, a, it's that sort of piano and vocalist singing. I mean, I was just talking about it with Vane, but the way Rola Tomasi do it is it is that neoclassical, classy, grand piano in a concert hall type thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, you're talking about top tier musicianship. It's, yeah, it's just could, incredible. They could play a set. So they could they could go to a they could go to an opera house. Yeah, play like three, four of the songs that sort of fit that at start, and then just go into like, uh, well, mature ruin. Is that how we written that? I don't think that's the song title. Um, mutual ruin. Um, and they're just like. And people are just like, what the fuck? Well, I was enjoying this. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is and just, again, it's her. Where, she's where got this like feral thing come from. It, uh, yeah. Because um, it's that beautiful, yeah. warm vocal yeah. and that wiry, like f- feral yeah. vocal coming yeah. from the same person. Yeah. yeah. This is what I mean. I, I don't say it lightly. I think she is, if you were going to say the most the most accomplished varied vocalists in the world and you'd start going ah yes Devin Townsend Mike Patton she's putting herself on that list yeah with these last couple of albums she's just absolutely absolutely incredible yes um yeah one of just another fantastic album and uh, in three years we'll probably get another one yeah and it'll be hopefully just as good um Right, so I've worked out what your top two are. I just don't know the order. <laughs> well, until like very recently, neither did I, because I the last it's almost like a joint number one type situation now, really, because I love these two albums so much. But my what I've got in my number two position, talking about female vocalists who can change. Uh, I mean, it's it's Unison Life by Brutus. And again, I mean, I'm going to make a joke in. and say, I don't think the leasing of X is female because <laughs> I don't know what you're... Yeah. 
But um, I'm just trying to think of like the worst album that's come out this year to make that joke. I can't think of one. But uh, yeah, it's but any either of the Red Hot Chili Peppers album. I haven't listened oh, to it, yeah. but I guarantee it's worse. It's just oh, you should <laughs> stick with it. Stick with it. Listen to it all. Um, oh God! How can you release <laughs> the two worst albums of the year? <laughs> and they're both and years. they're both double albums it's like um, you haven't got enough ideas for one chorus and you're releasing two double albums what are you thinking of um anyway yeah brutus i mean like you i i mean i i i heard brutus on the first album because it was re- reviewed on a podcast burst mm. and i thought they were fascinating because i mean i love a singing drummer and uh they sounded really good. And then Nest was this incredible step up and comfortably in my top 10 that year. And what a beautiful album for me, where I don't quite agree with what you went on to say, this is a similar step up again. You reckon? Yeah. This album is outrageous. Her voice is now, she's one of the best vocalists going. There's a song, is it Victoria? I think is the song. I mean, when I say that Angst might be the song of the year, it isn't because of this song. It's beautiful. The break in her voice, the emotion. And she's genuinely like angry and shouting. And it does, it, but it doesn't sound like, oh, we'll do a screamed vocal because it will sound good here. It works in a sort of, I'm getting angry now. It, what she's talking about, it sounds real and sounds break that emotional sort of her voice breaking a bit you can't fake that it's she just it sounds beautiful and i've heard her compared to bjork because she does sound a little bit like bjork Mm. and i think that's fair and you're talking about one of the like most established female solo artists in the world oh by the way stefan is doing that while playing the drums she's incredible and she's not playing simple stuff either anymore it's like there's stuff in in this album that's akin to a blast beat like proper like high paced drumming while singing turning her head to to the microphone it's it just i mean when we I, I i can't it sounds bad but i would struggle to identify the other two members of the band and that's not to say that they're not important they're amazing. And again, it's that we've talked about it before. I think when we did our 2021 albums, that lush mole Svalbard guitar sound and Brutus have got that as well. It sounds so beautiful. And then again, being a three piece, the bass player carries a lot of the rhythm and he's brilliant as well. But every time I see them live, there's only one person who's catching my eye because she's one of the best musicians in the world. She's playing the drums better than most of the people out there and singing better than most of the singers out there. And she's genuinely doing it all at the same time. And she seems genuinely shy and humble as well. When she talks to the crowd, it's almost like she's a bit, well, as soon as she comes from behind the drum kit, she's a bit like shy and uncomfortable or something so amazing about her and her vocals and her, the lyrics. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And it could easily be my album of the year, but it today it isn't. But yeah, I mean, I love this band and we are going to see them a couple of times next year. Yes. I believe. Oh, are you going? Have you got a download ticket? I am going to download. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't told you that. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I was, do you know what it was? I was listening to a, a random playlist and uh, something off and Justice for All came on. And I just thought, why am I not going to see Metallica twice? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, with Metallica aside, Brutus are, it's just, it sounds brilliant as well. The production. She's amazing. We may even get that rescheduled uh, beyond the redshift date as well. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, they have re- they have shed the new tour, so it may we may get an announcement soon. Yeah, that's right. It was Svalbard and Svalbard, Brutus, Alcest. Um... Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well, so it turns out Cult of Luna have got good taste. They know how to curate a a good bill. Um. So my my number two and one have been swapping for a long time to the point I've written some notes and it's actually number one, but I changed my mind when I re-listened to the songs. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, my number two is Zilanada. Zilanada. Right. Um, so I, I completely agree that they get better with every album. Like they people can decry the gimmick. The gimmick was great. The the whole like chain gang chance with black metal thing, and they yeah, and- songs within that, but. And as one of those people, I I am holding my hands up with glee, saying, "Yeah, I was wrong," and holy shit, yeah, yeah they, what a band! They can't, they couldn't just be that, and they started that with the the last album, Strange Fruit, and they just absolutely carried, picked the ball and ran with it with this one. They still keep that sound. They still like Death to the Holy is yeah is a song that sounds like that, but everything else that goes with it just brings more and more things in. Um, like I think you mentioned immersion. Well, you mentioned that like the ambient sound, which is immersion. Um, yeah, which could almost be a start of a track in a Ronnie Sabassi album. Um, the sort of screen vocals and something like Gossadamaran, um, which again I don't think is call it like asking to vote for the far right, even though it's in German. Um, yeah, but that that song is like I know that that some sort of p- people who are really into black metal might look at this band as not being for them but it's that's as heavy as anything that song it's 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 yeah. absolutely vicious and how can someone again it's been a good year for dynamic vocalists because how can someone with that soulful deep cadence suddenly turn into this monster <laughs> this horrible wiry monster yeah oh, yeah this they're phenomenal yeah um I mean, like Golden Light has a has a feel of a western. Yeah. Um, well, it's that it's that sort of yeah spaghetti western sort of whistle and stuff, yeah. isn't it? Um, Churchburn soul, Churchburn soul influence mixed with black metal again, um, and the songs on this are just fantastic. They they've had quite a year. They yeah they just massive. Well, not massive, but a significant improvement from the last one to the point this sounds sounds complete now, and they can just go in off different directions. They don't have to be tied to what they were. They can, yeah. They can do a song that sounds like like a western song. They can do this ambient song. They can do traditional chain gun song, and then they can go with something that's like heavy as fuck. Well, again, but like I say, there's 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 new metal groove in in this album, yeah. and it works, suits them down to the ground. It's yeah, it's brilliant, and I mean. It's telling that this this year, I mean, I've, I've said it when we talked about the festival itself, but Arc Tangent is obviously the festival which which takes my taste and runs with it the best. And this year's lineup was 
one of the best festival lineups I've ever witnessed in my life. And this band were the band of the weekend. Yeah. And I would, if you'd asked me beforehand to predict who my band of the weekend were, I'd have probably said 20 people before I even thought of Zelenada. I But Jesus, they are stepping up and up and up. I think when, who pulled out? Well, they, they struggled to get a, a third headline and had Cole Loon and Opeth and they chose Cosseract. Yeah. And I think the biggest regret of the booking this year will be the fact they didn't put Zelenada in that spot. Yeah, I agree. And I think it was, it was the time. I think at that point, the third album hadn't come out, to be fair. And they hadn't, like, they supported Meshuggah this year and owned Meshuggah. But I wonder if that, because that Tesseract set, a lot of Tesseract, the live performance was to do with that amazing light show and laser show and stuff. And I do wonder if maybe they had to put that on the main stage. I think just it, from a technical think, point of view. Yeah, it was well, they went with the safe bet rather than the Yeah. Um, but you're right, I mean, because they they were on before them headlining the other big stage and it was night and day. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's part of the reason I found Tesseract to be quite disappointing was because you were walking into that tent having just yeah. seen one of the best things you're gonna see all year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Marvellous band. So shall I guess your number one? Yep, go on. It's Caven. It is Caven. Heavy Pendulum by Caven, yeah. Yeah, um, as I say, it, it, there's not been that, like my previous albums of the year have been things like Hushed and Grim by Mastodon, Underneath by Code Orange, Empath by Devin Townsend, where that's definite, that, that that's my album of the year. It's one of my favourite albums that's ever been released. This year's a lot flatter, but there's been so much quality across the board and i love all these albums i've talked about but this cave-in album just makes me happy <laughs> just it's so brilliant stephen brodsky is a marvel and then i don't know the, the other singer's name who does the more sort of troy sanders desert rock vocal but it's just it's so infectious there's so many bits it's one of those albums where i'll have something stuck in my head and i'll go oh that song's great what is that Oh, it's another song off Heavy Pendulum by Cave-In. It's just, it's just brilliant from beginning to end. It's fun. The guitar solos on it are amazing. That sort of classic rock, sometimes like trad metal done in a, almost in the way that could be a bit, oh. But they couple it with this such an energy and such a youthful fun to it all. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Heavy Pendulum by Cave-In, brilliant artwork as well. And then, as you said when you brought it up earlier, when we saw them live and they closed with uh, Wavering Angel, that song is a masterpiece. Yeah, it is. Absolute masterpiece. And this, this for me, is why I I don't agree that it's too long. I never feel that. I feel... I I have more than once put this album straight back on when it's finished. Because there's just all those bits that you want to hear again. I mean, again, I don't have the track lists, but the um, track two has just got this brilliant intro that carries it through. And that, that Stephen Brodsky sing-along vocal. And oh, it's just, it's brilliant. I love it. I just love it. And it's hard to say much more than that because I've seen it on a lot of lists and things. And it's just a, a established band who admittedly I've only just really got into um releasing an album that's just great you know it's not doing anything holy shit 
I've never heard anything like that before. But you rarely hear it done this well by a band who are having so much fun doing it. Yeah, Heavy Pendulum by Cave In, my number one. As I say, could easily have been. There's the albums across my list have been number one at different times. Conjurer were my number one for a long time. Caught with Luna were too. You know, it's it's one of those years where it's just. And you go back to these albums and go, oh my god, that's right. This is brilliant as well. Yeah, great year. But to top it off, there's an album there which I'll be listening to forever. Whenever I just want to put a smile on my face and listen to something absolutely rocking. Yeah, cave in. Shall I have a stab at guessing your number one? I think you probably know it, yeah. Is it The Interrupters? No, it's Muse, one of the Pete Darrow's The Interrupters. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I... Can I, just before you launch into it, I said before we started recording that I think I could predict your top three. Yeah. And I have not managed to do that. Okay, which ones? Well, I thought it was going to be in an order that I couldn't decide, Interrupters, Blood Command, and Rolo Tomasi. Okay. But you had... I didn't think of Zealandia being that high, so I was close. I was yes. close. Um, yeah, I I had to think like it was number two, and then I listened to it again. It's like oh, it's number one because um, <laughs> I just couldn't. I was wandering around the house with my headphones on, like, and my son was chatting. I was like, "Why I'm singing this out loud?" <laughs> and no one else could hear the music. Um, and it was, it, I had to really think because they are my favourite band. And like, is it just because they're my favourite band? No, I think this is their best album. I think this is this is the best punk band around. Um, and the singers put on the best performance of a life. Um, it's a person, it's a personal Scar album, which I don't think has been done since the specials or not in the, the successful way. Um, Talk about the best songs of the year. I think In the Mirror and Raised by Wolves are the two best songs of the year, and they're side by side on the track list. Um, yeah, Raised by Wolves is a banger. Um, There's no, no, no getting away from that. It's, uh, yeah, that's a brilliant song. This is a song that, this is an album that about Ava's life. Um, you know, she, her, her father, Grand uh, Hampton father, her mother, she was put into social care, her, her mother taken away from her. Um, she's had many issues following from that. Um, you know, uh, anxiety, uh, abusive uh, partners. And she takes you through every single song that way. But it's also you smile and can cry at the same time because of how infectious the songs are. Um, yeah. You know, it's not a like bleak, bring you down, like dirt style album. It is, you know, you just want to bow out these songs. Um, yeah, I mentioned in the mirror, anywhere but here. Um, Okay, uh, I mean, I it's all reminding me, and it's not the same situation as the time I left Worcester to go to Cardiff. It's like not escape from a place, but that feeling like I'm going to something new and different and exciting. Yeah. Um, songs about um, uh, when you lay your, um, when you touch the about when you hit the ground, just touch, kiss it or something like. Um, See, as your song. Sorry, you're going to cut in. That, that song's one of the things I'm not keen on. Okay. I think they, they do that sort of, is it like reggae type beat? It's like a reggae song, that really, isn't it? And yeah. I don't, it feel almost feels a little bit, I don't know, I don't think that's her, her strength is doing the rancid, I can't even be asked to sing sort of slack vocal, isn't it? Which she's so good at that. Yeah. 
but I'm not so keen on the that reggae stuff. But I think the the album as a whole is great. Well, yeah, I think, I think they deliberately take you on a journey. For, it's it's a journey through ska punk. Like there's yeah. different styles, and not just ska punk. There's a there's a doo wop song. There's a sixties doo wop song. There's a piano ballad. Um, yeah, they get in people from different eras of you know they've got uh, Rhoda Dakar, um, the the usual Tim Armstrong guest, um, the Skints, who are an, another band I absolutely love, um, more current UK ska band. Um, yeah, I, just this this album, and then, then like Jailbird, just a punk banger. Um, I think though, I think the thing with the Interrupters is they're basically. It's like they've been designed in a lab for you. A little bit. taste. Yeah. It's like they they literally just like everything that, uh, because we've been friends for a long time and we've been into music the whole time together. And the things that you've always liked are all covered off by this one infectious positive band. And this is, this is their best album, I think. And, I can't not love it. Like I, I think it's, it, it sounds like you're in a similar thing with because last year my album of the year was Hushed and Grim by Mastodon, which is my favourite band, and it that just when a band really scratch every itch and hit you just in the right place. It's, of course, it's your album of the year. Yeah. It's going to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I love the fact that they're such a positive influence as well. Like you say, it's she's airing some difficult history. Yeah. with some of these lyrics but it's still a it's still a party album yeah it is um yeah it's a party album about a horrific upbringing yeah like, walls is one of the best songs of the year it's about her mother writing a letter to her mother who's left her um, yeah and she's bowing out a chorus about having to become like a wolf because of how hard life was um yeah uh I think the one of the ones that really gets me is Afterthought, which uh, just think about, like, I hated my school life. And then just the uh, thank you for the high, thank you for the pain, thank you for the, um, oh, I forgot exactly, but thank you for the, thank you for my broken brain. Um, you all add to the puddles of this and now you're just an afterthought to me. And it's like, it sums it up so perfectly. Like, for a lot of time, this was, things like this were really hard. And now, yeah, you look back at it and think, well, it is an afterthought but it doesn't mean it hasn't affected you. But, um, and again, it's just such a well, well done song. Um, yeah, th- this is, again, special, special band. Um, like you said, probably not to everyone's taste, but. Um, no, it, as I say, I mean, I, I really like them. I like seeing them live and everything. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not the thing which grabs me the most, but even so it's impossible. You, you, you would, you would laugh in the face of anyone who said that they weren't, one of the best at what they're doing you know they're they're so good at what they're doing that even even someone like me where it's not really my thing it's impossible not to get swept up in it (laughs) yeah they're just like they come on and i just need to get off my seat and i need to do something and i need to like i really want to be in a mosh pit but yeah it's that i just want it like you can't sit still you can't not see can't do not do anything they're just infectious and take you with it and um it's not just aim the whole band is incredible they just write the best punk songs that they can um yeah scar or non-scar um i've got a lot of punk bands in this list and they're the best um it's quite nice as well that both of our number one albums this year are both really positive uplifting 
pieces, aren't they? Really? Yeah, I, that, I was wondering this. The the theme of this album isn't, but the music is, and I wonder if there's like in 2020, I gave my album of the year to Spanish love songs just because of how horrible. Yeah. And I wonder if that was a big influence, and maybe there is that. Um, it's like this. This has been a really great year. Yeah. Um, no, it really has. This, yeah. this is a summer album. You know, you want. I want to see this on festival stages throughout throughout the UK next summer. I want to. This. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. I mean, they they deserve the chance. Definitely. I mean, Rancid. Rancid are playing Slam Dunk, Italy, and they've not been announced for. Well, I noticed that. Yeah, that's a bit um, of a kick in the teeth, that one, isn't it? It's, uh, well, but could they could they be I mean an interrupt as followed by Rancid in a download would be I was saying that. I was hoping that that was because Slam Dunk have lost out to download on the Rancid yeah. point and that actually we're we're gonna get Rancid at download. Or a tree. But I don't I don't we'll see. You know, interrupt us into Rancid at trees. Like just that would be the best like two and a half hours that anyone could ever have. I think. Wow, unless it was caving into Mastodon. But yeah. I, I think that's a different kind of enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. Not not to say it's not valid, but yeah. Like, uh, no, I mean yeah. And again, I, I think in a year when Mastodon haven't released an album, Cave In is probably the most Mastodon. <laughs> so it's clear that our favourite bands are cutting through, even though we're listening to loads of new music now. It's uh yeah, that's good to see though. Yes. Yeah, well, what a great year. And as I say, it's an interesting one because it's the first time where it's only recently that I've sort of gone, yeah, that's my album of the year, as opposed to building the rest of my list underneath the obvious choice. Yeah. Twenty twenty went back and forth between Code Orange and Spanish Love Songs. Last year, Turnstile was obvious. Yeah. Early. And it was for me until Mastodon released their best album. 2019 was, was quite wide open and it took a yeah a re-listen of a certain yeah um yeah it's uh another classic year for music and it's not although it's false advertising now because when we did our 2021 album list it was too late but we're on time for this yes. one yeah. this is the uh, on time update yes podcast yes we're not doing our top games because I haven't had time to play all of them. It's harder with games. Uh, Wipeout Omega it Collection. It wasn't the Wipeout this year, Dan. Oh, that's, see, more's the pity. I haven't played any games released this year at all, I don't think. I haven't seen a huge number of movies either. No. <laughs> more so, uh, it's too much, too much sport, really. Yeah. Well, it's only half of it's been good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all right, that's really. a bit of disappointment, but but yeah well that's uh that's been good good lists yes. and yeah i mean i must admit i think i wondered if our lists might be completely divergent this year they're not that different yeah, yeah they're not surprised and i was surprised well like looking at other lists because i thought i'd made some really off the wall cho- choices but a lot of these albums are coming up again and again in people's lists as well so it's good to see there's a bands who deserve the nod getting the nod you had you had 50 percent the same as me yeah, that's that's higher than I thought it was going to be, but there you go. A few, a few of yours were in my longer list. Yeah, same with you as well. I mean, like yeah, I say, yeah. Ramstein and uh, Blood Vane. Command and stuff, not far off. Yeah, these were all in my top fifty. Wormrot Vein, 
in Penguin Triumph and Cole Luna, Devon Townsend, Celeste. Uh, yeah, and no, I had Venom Prison straight from the path, Blood Command, Ramstein. Yeah. Slipknot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Brilliant. No, that was good. All right. I will speak to you hope, soon. Yeah. Hope uh, 2023 is good. Have we finished yes. the podcast now or are, we st- are you still? Yeah, we'll, we'll sign off. If, if anyone wants to add, send in their lists, then go for it. Um, it's at Too Late Update Pod. At Too Late Pod. I should know yeah. this. And you should also listen to the Fjord album because I think you'll really like it. Oh, I will do that. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. Nice one. This is Too Late Update Podcast signing off. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us, please just spread the word and get in touch via Twitter at late underscore pod or email us at toolateupdate at gmail.com. If you'd really like to contribute, you can just buy us a coffee via buymeacoffee.com slash toolateupdate. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.